0: Welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host Keith and I'm joined by my stalwart sidekick who is always at my side, Hostway. And we're starting off with Hostway muted. There I am. Okay. Hi, everybody. It's
1: going to be a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> I what won't say saying? my opening bit again.
0: <laughs> Go ahead and say it. No, i won't be curious now.
1: Oh, I was going to say that. I just want to remind everybody for the third week in a row that uh, Saga is still out.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. Very excited. Uh, So, yeah, we have some books to talk about. It's kind of a weird week. I thought it was going to be really small, but we kind of have almost every major publisher, basically. Yeah. Uh, no vault. But other than that, I'm pretty sure we got it covered. So uh, we're going to get into that. But first, of course, we always talk about the news. And there's a couple things that I want to talk about. A few of them bigger than others. We'll get some of the stuff out of the way. Uh, first of all, Charles Soule, who is one of the Ooh. writers that's been working on Star Wars, has promised that upcoming comic book issues will give us more background information on the Knights of Ren.
1: Oh, no shit. Cool. For High Republic?
0: Uh, it's going to be in Crimson Reign.
1: Oh, okay, cool. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's really cool, um, because, you know, um, he's the one that fleshed them out in The Rise of Kylo Ren, so he's, you know, the one that's kind of fleshed them out already, so adding on to that, that's pretty cool. Uh, Another thing, I mean, something kind of controversial, but something that I think, it's not what I would do, but the way they're doing it is really cool, and uh, that is... We know that um, Batman, one of the Batman, <laughs> Chase Fox, yeah. is moving to New York, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in real life New York City, they're putting up a bunch of posters to announce his arrival. Uh-huh. Which I think is kind of cool. That's, pretty, know, like, that's a cool promo. Yeah, so and they're really cool. And there's like, pictures of people walking around New York. It's like on the subway or like by the sidewalk and stuff like yeah, that. That's pretty cool. That's cool, because
1: they could just be capitalizing on the on the the batman movie but they're doing it for this that's pretty cool
0: yeah definitely um and a uh, couple other things here uh so i was going to ask you about this had did you hear about stillwater no apparently there is a one shot coming out for stillwater the comic book that you're you're follow obviously mm-hmm. um called uh stillwater the escape Ooh. And uh, it is a super sized special that's going to expose many of the intricate mysteries.
1: <sighs> yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, we've been no one's really asking how this is all yeah. happening. It's just like we're just trying to survive uh, the experience right now. Uh, so that's finally happening. That's that'll, that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. So
2: I didn't understand that fucking name. <laughs> my <laughs> foot's always doing
0: that. Oh. All right. Next thing, DC has announced that it's going to have another event. Oh, God. Another event spanning the universe. Now, Josue, if I tell you that there's a universe spanning event in DC, what word immediately comes to mind? Crisis alert! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. It is a crisis. This one's called Dark Crisis. (laughs) (laughs) Like... You guys are allowed to name things, things that don't have crisis at all. You guys know that, right? Or do they have some kind of, like, deal with the person who owns the word crisis or something? Probably. It's a lot. And I'm just like, okay. Um, I mean, I I read the book, so I'll probably end up reading most of it. But still, we'll see. <laughs> but it's going to be uh, at least the the number zero is going to be written by Joshua Williamson with R by Jim Chung, Daniel Sampier and several others. Um There's a Justice League Road to Dark Crisis uh, that's going to be there. A couple different ones. So, I mean, it might be cool. I'm just kind of sick of it being named Crisis, you know? Yeah. Next thing. Another thing that I talked to the Sway about last week, but we didn't talk about on the show because I couldn't find too many references to it. But I finally have it. Marvel has announced a Secret Invasion sequel. Oh, okay. It's a five-issue miniseries. Mm. It's going to release later this year. It's going to be written by Ryan North and drawn by Francesco Mo- Mobili, who used to do Daredevil. Yeah. Um and it will explore Nick Fury and Maria Hill dealing with another Scroll invasion where Earth's mightiest is more prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Fury. Um, yeah. So, um I'm excited just because of the cover.
2: Mhm.
0: Yeah, I think it it gives me a lot of hope. I'll just send that to you right now. That first cover. Um, I I think that looks pretty sick, and I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, It's it's basically it's happening. The whole point is it's happening again, but in the same universe. Everybody knows. Oh, the scrolls are doing this. You know. Mm -hmm. So I think they're doing it obviously because we have the TV show coming up. It's going to be a cross promotion thing. Yeah, yeah. Secret Invasion is fun. You know. So. And yeah, I definitely, I I
1: definitely have my ties to uh, Secret Invasion, and yeah, this, this cover looks sick as fuck.
0: right. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, next up, Marvel. This this one happened two hours ago. Oh, nice. Marvel has announced they are relaunching Thunderbolts. Oh, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> the silhouettes. With a mystery roster. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 6 silhouette figures, partially rejected tagline, reading blank Blake like lightning. And I'm really curious to see... Who is going to be in it? And I'm looking at the silhouettes and no one, it doesn't really give them away too much. Mm-hmm. Um, the last last silhouette has a gun on their holster, obviously, but only yeah. one. And thinking maybe Paladin, but I think it's going to be someone bigger deal, like maybe Winter Soldier or something. Who knows? So really cool, though. I'm c- kind of curious to see exactly who's going to be on that team. And we'll talk about the Thunderbolts later on in the show. <laughs> um, but the last thing, we are getting 30th anniversary series for Ghost Rider and Spider Man 2099. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, it, I'm pretty excited about the um, the Spider Man book. Obviously, is the one that everybody talks about when it comes to two thousand ninety nine. Mm-hmm. But I thought Ghost Rider was pretty underrated, especially because that last book, the the one shot, was actually really good. Um, I really dug it. Um, oh so, yeah, yeah. I'm curious. And coming out of that, we're actually going to get a few little bits of lore. I, I like when they take the chance of an expansion to throw in little things to be like, this is something you might expect one day, you know. Um, so, for instance, first of all in spider-man 2099 there's going to be new versions of certain characters including a new winter soldier oh sick check this character out the design like i I really dig it and oh yeah it did pass by her fuck yeah right like that that's actually pretty sick i I really like that so curious to see what's going to happen there um because, like I said, it's nice when they do that and they bring them in eventually or something, bring a version of them in, just to kind of show us what what's possible out there, what could potentially be in the future, things like that. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, uh, but I'm very excited about that. Um, that's pretty much everything that I have as far as news goes. Um, anything on your end? No, that was all delicious. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, It is time to start talking about some comics. And as always, even in a jam-packed week such as we have this week, we start with a boom. Boom Studios. And, oh boy. So, we got two books to talk about. And I know Hosway is very eager to talk about the one he has. (laughs) But I'm going to start off with Magic the Gathering number 11. Now, I not only got the Planeswalker cover... I got like, the black and white Planeswalker card. I know. I
1: saw that it was going to be him. I thought I was really looking out for him, but I wasn't going to fight it.
0: Yeah. I saw the color one and I saw the black and white one. I'm like, black and white, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, um, this one's starting the new arc, which is weird for number 11, but I guess if it's a 10 issue arc, that makes sense. Yeah. But um, everything happened with Marit Laj. Jace is apparently dead, mm-hmm. and everybody's dealing with it. We saw at the end of the last issue that the three Planeswalkers we'd been following. Went back to Ravnica, and Ravnica hates all planeswalkers, right? hmm Well, this issue, and presumably this story, is following Chandra. Uh-huh. And, uh And two ones I'm not super familiar with. Uh, Tybalt and uh, Davriel. I, I, I'm familiar with Tybalt, but holy shit, that's cool. And they come into conflict, con- conflict with Chandra, and she gets... Saved by.
1: Where's my boy? Come in? Garrick.
0: Nice. A guru. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I, want, I want my boy Sarkin Vol. My dragon tamer. <laughs> I want him in the book. So they have to work together and basically they try to teleport back to Ravnica. Or she tries to teleport back to Ravnica and it doesn't work. She can't planeswalk to Ravnica for some reason. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. And then at the end, they come across, after they defeat the bad guys, they come across yet another Planeswalker, Nico Eris. Cool. So, and basically they're like, hey, I'm being chased by a ghost who's going to kill me. Take me to Kaya, the the girl from the original arc. Yeah. She can kill a ghost, basically. <laughs> so, And that's kind of it. That's where it leaves off. It's, I, it's definitely surrounding the whole, like, we can't get, in, get back into Ravnica problem. And if it's going to stay outside or if it's going to go back with our original characters, I'm not sure. But I, it's really cool so far. Yeah. I love that cover, though. It's absolutely beautiful. It so. is really cool. Did you say the like, creator team? I did not, actually. I realized this as I was talking. <laughs> Written by Jed McKay. Illustrated by Iguara with some assistance by Mariano Tebo, Colored by Ariana Consoni and lettered by Adukshar. So, next up, our other boom book. Seven Secrets, number 14. Oh, man. Okay. Written by Tom Taylor. Illustrated by Daniel De Letter by Ed Dukeshire. Colored by Walter Biamante with assistance by Katia Ranali. This one is It's starting to feel ominous at times. Like what's hanging over Caspar? You know what I mean? Like learning that Caspar needs to die for certain futures to take place and stuff like that. It's, it's kind of worrying. And, um, but I think, I think some of the, some really great stuff happened in this issue. Um, specifically this interaction oh i know you deserve a flower come on (laughs) it was so cute because they, you know the whole like i wanted to be a holder so badly and i knew you were the only threat to that happening yeah i was like oh (laughs) like, and he it's funny because he started off as the bully Mm -hmm. and he's one of the best rounded characters in the series (laughs) now and i love him so much so um but yeah that's really cool and then of course Most of the rest of the book is dedicated (sighs) to Kanto and their devious, devious ways. Oh my god. And yeah, let's just say that we lose some more keepers and holders. (laughs) No. And um I think it's interesting that Kanto doesn't seem to quite be on the same page. You know
1: what I mean? There's definitely a weird, like, friction. Like not even friction, yeah. There's definitely they're definitely not on the same page. There's
0: yeah. It's like not everybody needs to die and stuff, so um and then we get the ominous thing. One of the things this book does really well is the narration will say something that might lead to something six issues later, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um but this one, the whole issue opens with him having a dream about that demon attacking. And he said that's the moment they got their hands on the worst secret of them all. They have it, they open it up, this is meant for you, and it says the next issue says next, the demon. <laughs> So, uh, and then I love how how Caspar is basically a superhero now. Like, yeah, it's totally right, like it became kind of a superhero story. It's really good. So, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's always great. Daniel art art's always just fantastic. I love the character work of the art, you know. Like, and it's just a such a fun spy superhero mystical story. Like, there's so many great little bits about this that add up I to know. a really
1: good, a complete whole. Yeah, so like. The 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 detonation was just like I was not seeing that coming. Like I should have expected right. it, but I was just like I was just saying, oh man, I fucking love these characters. And I was looking at the other characters, like oh my god, I'm starting to be like Sochi, like where I'm I'm starting to say everything is like berserk now because like the nun dude is like basically Father <laughs> Mosgus and guts and like a little bit of Doctor F- uh, of, of Lady Farney in there, and it was, like,
0: <laughs> it's like click, it's like not fair, uh, Tomatsu's last stand yeah where he's like take the secrets and he's like i'm gonna be a fucking badass (laughs) (laughs) obviously he doesn't last long but that was a cool moment so yeah good stuff all right we're gonna switch to publishers we're gonna have some quick fire publishers for a bit here because we got a lot to go through but first we're gonna start off with ablaze um ablaze publishing and life zero number one written by stefano vietti Art by Marco Chichetto, colors by Andres Mosa, and lettering by Seda Um So this is a... Um, I mean, to be simple, it's a zombie story. Um, it's the it's, prettiest looking zombie book. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But it's a zombie story drawn by Marco Chichetto. And it definitely surrounds a group of soldiers. Um, and I, I really like it already. And... I'm not a big zombie person because
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think it's kind of played out. Yeah, but the art really makes it pop, and I this this shot specifically, right, was just fucking sexy, and just yeah, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Even if, even if it is like one of my least favorite genres, horror, and one of my least favorite things within it, zombies. But I really like it. I think the character work is going to pull it through. So,
1: what do you think? uh i mean i definitely jumped on this because of chichetto it's like why hasn't he been on daredevil oh he's busy doing his own book all right bet let (laughs) me read it uh but it's pretty cool it is yeah like like i said probably arguably gonna be the prettiest zombie book that's ever
0: been out there (laughs) yeah definitely all right awesome so yeah check that out from ablaze uh next up we are going to switch publishers again and i'm gonna go to idw and we're gonna talk about little Rick and Morty. Um, so here's the cover. It's the B cover I got. This is a sequel to the Rick and Morty D&D story. So there's Rick and Morty D&D crossover that happened a while back. It was really popular. They actually ended up making a, um, a campaign adventure for D&D from that. So Liz has actually played through it. Um, this one is, um... Rick and Morty Dungeons and Dragons The Me seeks adventure. So the way this one works, it's all about <laughs> Mr. Me seeks. You got these two adventurers, a rogue and a warlock, and they're kind of down on their luck and they find a Me seeks box. They find out figure out how it works, you summon the Me seeks, he does whatever you need, right? So they start using him to do everything and making all this money and stuff, right? Long story short, it goes badly because uh, one of them's like, oh, I want boots just like yours. And he's just like, well, get some. So she calls Meeseeks. She's like, I want a pair of boots just like those. So the Meeseeks tries to take it from the other one. They're like, give me the boots.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he wouldn't let him. So the Meeseeks guts him. Oh, shit. Takes the boots and hands them to her. <laughs> She's like, oh, God. And then in her sadness, she summons a Meeseeks and says, I want you to get me my own kingdom. Right? And so the Meeseeks starts like yelling at the people at the bar. A bar fight occurs, and the chick who him to get her kingdom is killed. So now the Meeseeks has to get her kingdom even though she's dead. He takes the Meeseeks box with him, and this begins the story. I'm not going to go through the rest of it word for word. But long story short, this Meeseeks discovers how the RPG works. You gain experience to gain levels to become more powerful. In order you fight bigger monsters to gain more experience. And the entire thing is them going through an entire adventuring career as Meseeks. Uh, pretty much a barbarian is what I would gather. I think they're technically a fighter, but they're a barbarian. Mm-hmm. And um, they end up making an entire adventuring party of just Meseeks uh, to run <laughs> through all this stuff. <laughs> they take over this kingdom and declare it the kingdom of this lady. And then the Meseeks is done and disappears. It's, it was, it's great. It's just a fun fantasy adventure. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Written by Jim Zub, art by Troy Little, colors by Leonardo Ito, and letter by Craig. So, good stuff. I was kind of hoping another one they could adapt to another adventure, but that wouldn't really work with this one, but that's fine. So, uh, next up we are going to say All Hail Behemoth, and we're going to talk about No Hold the Bard number two. Now, hopefully you did not pick this up, right? No. Okay. Written by Eric Gladstone. Line art by Gabriel Mkari, Colors by Nez Bravo. Letter by Aditya Bidakar. So, this is taken up from the last issue, if you don't remember. It is Shakespeare in a Batman yeah. kind of role. Yeah. And this one's really great. Um, there's definitely some, like, I would say some Sherlock influences, too. Some Holmesian, a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just Batman, but I guess Batman and Holmes have always been tied together, too. Um. But yeah, this one uh, is, it's a lot of fun. And to tell you what it references in his career would kind of spoil the whole thing. So I'm not going to reveal, but it definitely references one of my favorite plays of his in the end, the bad guy. Uh, It's also uh, his squire, Paige, or yeah, Paige, Um, his sister's getting married and she has to choose between two grooms, but she secretly has a crush on the bard, aka Shakespeare in costume. Yeah and knows shakespeare wants him to be the one to perform the ceremony and all this stuff so it's really good it's very funny it's a lot more of the same in a really good way again i can't really can't really talk about the bad guy without spoiling it because it was a a big reveal of who the bad guy was so um really cool really enjoyed it uh highly recommend if you are a literature nerd it's fucking fantastic I, i definitely think Like Jessica from Geekily would have really enjoyed this, I think. Oh, dope. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up is Black Mask Studios. No, actually, sorry. Comics, Titan Comics. Excuse me. Jose is going to talk to me a bit about Titan Comics and Doctor Who number four.
1: Doctor Who comic Empire of the Wolf. This one written by Jody Hauser, artist Roberta Ingranata, colorist Warna K Shahidewa, and lettering by Comicrafts Richard Starkings. So definitely the last chapter of my fanfic that actually finally did happen <laughs> on the eleventh and the eighth Doctor finally meeting, teaming up with not just Rose Tyler but Rose Tyler in as a bad wolf. So two Rose Tyler's, and it was it, it was good. Um, and of course, it, it ends in the in, in the clever fashion way where the Doctor Who likes to wrap up their stories. Um, it's very funny because, yeah, everybody, all, the the whole band finally gets together. Like I said, all four characters are together, and the eleventh Doctor shows up with Bad Wolf. Meanwhile, how, meanwhile, Rose has been <laughs> posing as her. as is all part of the plan. And they're being taken away. So when the real bad wolf shows up, and she's like, "What the fuck's going on?" She literally starts kicking all kinds of ass, and then Ro- uh, Rose Tyler joins in on kicking uh, on just like kicking these guards' ass. Um, so what ends up happening is Dupau, like the, the little uh, bad wolf's uh, little assistant that caused this whole uh, coup, he's going to start this whole invasion. The way to kind of solve all this is so what they do is that they they're going to transport the tardis into their ship, obviously he hears it uh everybody hears the tardis, so they go to surround it only what happens at the same time is that they transported the second tardis at the same time to a different part of the ship so they can so obviously all the attention at the other one and they would have um full full their plans. Right. What the plan is is that basically at the end uh, at the end of the episode at the end of this episode uh both roast both roses have to basically do a, a Wizard of Oz and They just basically just have to hold hands, and it, it's like a really pretty page of them holding hands. And it's like both histories kind of like not collapsing, but like unifying in a way. And this causes everything that's been a paradox to just go back to their respective universes. So basically, the uh the the Dupau's the, the whole Armada just vanishes. So he has nothing. Um, and so yeah, everybody says the day and how they're gonna fix about Rose Tyler. Bad Wolf is gonna. She, Bad Wolf is basically a good, uh, a good person now. She always thought she was, but now she sees the er- the error of her ways. What they're gonna do with Rose is um, she she has to be in the middle of both TARDIS's Matt Smith has to go backwards while the eighth Doctor has to go forwards at the same time, and then she's able to just blip off into her own paradox. Oh, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh but the goodbyes are just like very, very cool. I I really like them because Doctor Who does really good great great goodbyes. Uh when Rose says is departing from with is uh, saying her goodbyes from the eighth Doctor, because they haven't met, um, he goes. I very much. I very much look forward to meeting you someday. And she responds. I hope you're prepared for for a lot of running. I always am. It's like, ah, oh, that's that's a really nice touch because I I really love the echo era. And then the goodbyes with uh, Matt Smith. There's a she she's because Matt Smith is just such a broody boy that she just, she's a, she's another character that tells him, hey, don't be alone. Like you're you're literally you're you're at your worst when you're alone. And this, this is right after Amy's uh, uh, Amy Pond. And she, there's no, uh she kind of loses to like how he ends up meeting um, the next companion. God, I forgot her name.
0: Martha. Mar- Martha? Donna?
1: I, no, after, after Amy. Donna, right? Donna? No, because she's before Amy. The one after Amy. The one that's, the one that's stuck in the Dalek. I God, she's like the cutest one. She's like my favorite. Oh, Clara. Yeah, Clara. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but anyway, but but there's 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 a really pretty uh, nod to uh, to Amy because because uh, he he asks her like uh, even though you got your your happily ever after because she's kind of like oh, I'm not not really okay and he's like oh, even though you got your happily ever after even after things end you don't forget how they began and he responds no you don't and he's thinking about the little girl he left behind all those years ago. Uh-huh. It's like, it's like, it does. It does a good call, a good call back, and it's like Jodie Hauser is, is such a hoovy and and knows her shit. So this is a really good episode, and and the last the last three pages is Rose going back to that to that parallel universe, and it's having like a really really uh, nice moment with uh, with David Tennant. So you kind of do get to see all Doctors.
0: Good, good. <laughs> Tennant's the best. I'll stand by that forever. <laughs> so, um, all right. Now we're going to talk about Black Mask, and we're going to talk about. Um, Destiny New York but a not a normal issue this is a one shot with three little mini stories yes um, so all of it's going to be written by Pat Shannon letter by Jim Campbell we'll talk about the artists as we get to each story so first one is called Summer Solstice with art by Rachel Dukes um, this one does focus on Logan and Lilith um, mm-hmm. it takes place between volumes one and two so after they're together they moved in together I think it was like a year time skip yeah I think so so it was during that time and, yeah, it's about Brody, the cat, and how he gets away. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, the one thing I really like is the bros. Yeah. It sounds funny, but I like how they're, like, not bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> they're just kind of stupid, basically. <laughs> like, And so they're like, hey, how's it going? You know, what's up, dude? And they're just, she's like, I hate these guys. <laughs> like, they're basically PC principal's friends. <laughs> yeah, they're they're frat boys that aren't assholes, you know. <laughs> Like, but yeah, Peace of Principle's good. I like that. So um long story short, uh there's the whole you let the cat out storyline and everything. And it ends really nicely, and they actually all end up getting along. I really dug it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was cute. Low stakes, obviously, but it was pretty great. So Second one is your boyfriend's gonna die with art by Rosie Comp. Now I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this was Josue's favorite.
1: <laughs> uh, yes. Even though know, I knew I shouldn't have read it because, like, it was, cause I did read the preface page and say like this one takes place between two and volumes well, two and three. I'm like, well, we're not really. Well, I guess we're kind of there yet, but we're not
0: really there yet. Yeah, I think I think for your purposes, for this mm-hmm. story's purposes, you're okay. If I it did was like other this... characters, I would kind of worry. Okay, I did like
1: this fucking detail though um but here's the thing i love writing cherry and joe so much that i'm doing a whole spin-off called jerry gilbert necromancer with vita ayala is like yo
0: yes right i i actually have that on my wish list so yeah (laughs) but between that and um gangster Mm Asparista, which i have by the way i have i have a way for you to read that if you want to Uh, And, uh, and also we both i think we both backed smoke weed see the future i couldn't do it on time I was
1: still. I was this is like the one I, I that's gone. To le- had to let it go. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I I'm sure I can find a way to help you read that. So. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, um, really really cool. I liked this one. Um, it takes place pretty much immediately after the next issue we're going to read. Okay. Where um, Cherry is basically the only person staying behind school. Joe is going back to England with the protection, and it's basically about the school bullies being like. Dicks being bullies, and then her just doing what she does, being a fucking badass. And I like how she's like, you know, she's doing the whole like alchemy, necromancy looking thing. She's like, "I will get them," and then she's like, "Wait, I have a better idea," and just kicks him in the nuts as hard as she can. <laughs> Loved that. But th- this is really cool. I love these two, and it's one of those things you never really thought you would. Yeah. And he I- actually says that in the intro how these were supposed to be background characters. And right, he's just like, yeah, I love them so much, like you said. So, good stuff. I really, really liked it. And the last one's called Vows, and it's arts by uh, Chiara Colasante. And um, this is after Volume 2. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's really cool because, you know, it kind of touches on a lot of different characters. And, but it's, I, I just think it was really good. I think this one's the mo- one I would most call companion. To the actual series, maybe. Okay. I think it really does, it, and it was a Kickstarter uh, Kickstarter bonus content too. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I really dug it. Um, and obviously, I just lo- love Logan and Lola. They're like, they're just adorable together. <laughs> like, like, I just love them. So, uh, what would you think of those? All three of them, if you want. Yeah, and it, was, it
1: was actually a, it, it was a good uh, a good book. I I liked it when they did it last time. So this will be cool if they if it still continues to have like this little special these specials, uh, special one shots. There you go. Um, cause yeah, they're like, they're low stakes. They contribute a little bit to the overall story, but they're like just really cool, cool touches to just like, take a, take a beat and just like, just stick with these characters for, like a little bit longer. That doesn't have to. Yeah. I like, guess like raise the stakes for like the, the actual story.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And well, we know I love destiny New York, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, next we're going to switch over to Aftershock. And we got two books in aftershock. One, I, I actually, you didn't have any aftershock. Just wait, me. Okay. wait, 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 wait,
1: wait! Did you not get Hecate's Will too?
0: I did not because my my store didn't have it. Thank you for reminding me. Oh, I looked at three different stores and couldn't find it. I have it on back order, but Black Mask usually comes a week late for my store. For some, reason. oh, gotcha. So, please talk to me about Hecate's Will hey gates
1: will uh this one written and illustrated by yolanda zampardino and there's no letter but i guess it's just because she's rich she's writing it i didn't think she actually do her own lettering that's pretty cool um so yeah this is the the yolanda solo book and like i called it last time this would be my favorite yolanda book
2: and it very much is <laughs>
1: it is just so cute it's just so good um so yeah it's uh, the scavenger hunt it literally opens up with the next art piece oh that's dope and this one actually has three three of them throughout it and they're, they're pretty dope um so the first one it's cool how it's and it's really cool because it is like the it probably does one of my favorite rules of threes because it, it opens up with this one you get a couple of reactions like some of these old, like older people uh they're just like speculating they're almost like, it's cool how like they actually Like doing their own artistic review of of it. And it's like, awesome. This one's new. It's a big one. What does it mean? And some other, some old, another old guy in the back, it means as it's usual, no one ever listens to me. And then, so it's kind of like they're they're having their own discussion as she's walking by. These like old ladies are just like snickering as like they're like judging her. She like throws up like the two fingers and the the tongue out and like they're like, (gasps) they're gasping. She's just just, just such a badass. She meets up with her friend. So, at this like high end like bougie like uh boutique uh, shop, and uh, this lady, uh, this lady is also her dealer. And who this la- what this lady does is that she basically goes to Goodwills, finds whatever clothes, and goes and sells them for a higher price at her like high end shop to <laughs> 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 so just kind of get back at the uh, at the rich people. So, um, so because she, she's uh, a case here to pick up clothes for the play, and she does just gonna be like whatever. Uh, but first smoke dash. so it's like yes there's a there's a, a great interaction with this lady who is um a breast cancer survivor like there's a part where you see like, like there's like, a good old picture she's such a babe there's a picture of her like in her youth and like you see like a when she when it first happened or when right. after operation how much happier she is it's like oh god damn it so it's like cool i was like i, I fucking knew it like this is gonna be my, my favorite book from them second second art piece
0: Oh, that's so cool!
1: And this one is like on the windows of like a of a skyscraper, so like it's already being like cleaned out. It's like it's cool how it's getting fast. Uh, you have you have to be there in the moment to get these. And again, like the reaction, like these like these two dudes are just like, "Oh, that's fucking dope." A lady, like and some chick, is just like, oh, "That's awesome." And then some, like on the bottom, some are, like, some of the more judgmental ones. And then so you get from that scene with like the that lady who's just like who's completely positive over like what happened to her is like she's just happy to be alive. Going over. To uh uh to this dude who had just who's pretty much like fresh transitioning, um, being a guy and like and like he's like self-conscious about about his chest scars because like the the shirt that Hikake gave him it has too many holes and it's and there's a cool interaction. It's like I'm I'm still kind of shy about this. Like oh it's cool I'll find a different thing. God damn I love this book so much. Uh so so it goes off it goes into like the whole like play it goes more into like the play and like more about the people around it. So you kind of get to like get to know more of the cast. And of course, like the sexy like ex who's like around and just like being a thorn in Hecate's side, but it's like you can't blame her because she's so fucking cute. And then, so after all that, you get your third one. Now look at this one. He's so he's gorgeous. This is right. a, a ballet dude is in the same style. And in this one, you just have a single reaction, and it's and it's literally became like and it's, it's like a cool cemented as like my favorite Yolanda book because there's only there's only one reaction for for this for this one. And it goes down and it's like panel by panel. It's like you see like these like a bunch of bandages on the back of the ankles of this of this person It's like, oh, it's like ballet. And it's this little girl, this little black girl and hand her tutu and she's looking up at this piece and she smiles and then takes a selfie like with it. And it's like that inspiration is like, oh, God damn it. It was just, It was the payoff was so good. I love this book so much. And it's, yes, it's a pretty sure my favorite Yolanda book. And, and there's a great moment. Like the last scene is kind of like about, it's pretty much all about, um, not about the family you were born, but the family you choose. It is very fucking good. I'm so, I'm, I can't wait for you to read this one.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I, it makes me upset that I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, unfortunately. I- It seems to happen with Black Mask books. That's why I never get the issue for Destiny New York the same week you do. Gotcha. But I have the trades. Yeah. And it just seems to always be like, I don't know, but I'm excited. So, um, I'll probably get it next week and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) All right. Now we're going to talk about Aftershock comics and I have a couple books with Aftershock. First one is Bylines and Blood number two. This is the one, um where if you remember correctly here um it was a former uh news reporter turned detective and her former boss is killed in this kind of like near future world and now she's investigating it. So here's the cover. You probably remember this. The invisible person in the rain yeah. that stabbed her. Was that a stab of the dude? Yeah. So, written by Erica Schultz and Van Jensen, art by Anike, and color or lettered by Cardinal Ray. Um she continues the investigation. She has a lengthy fight with the, with the person with the invisible skin on, basically. And she gets stabbed several times, but she's able to get away by pulling this shit. Just firing in every direction her gun. Okay, that's a cool shot. And then finally hits them. You can see she hits them down at the bottom there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. Um, she's able to get away in that case, though. Um, she finds out that her lead leads her to, like, a high society party. And uh, so she needs to go attend and she, she is able to get a way in basically, but she has to dress nice. So she wears this outfit. Hell yeah. Oh gosh. I love it. Like it's just, it's just incredible. She looks great. Fuck yeah. So she goes, um, she's at the party, the mayor's there the mayor seems to be the big bad criminal guy and she finds out that her parents are actually there. And she's like, fuck, because she doesn't want to see her parents. She doesn't realize they supported the mayor and all this stuff. Long story short, she gets her ass handed to her again and she's almost dead but, some, but her buddy rescues her, the one who just patched her up from the previous fight. <laughs> so, I like it because it's got like, there's a little bit of a Hawkeye thing from the Fraction run where it's like he just keeps getting his ass handed to him. That's kind of like something happening with her too, so I really enjoy that. But it's really cool. I like a good fun mystery and stuff and uh, you know, journalism and detectives are two of my favorite things in fiction. She's both. So that's really cool. Um But yeah, highly recommend. Next up, The Land of the Living Gods number one. Also, you said you did not get this. No. I thought this would be right up your alley. You might get it after this. Let's see. Uh, uh, so creative team real quick. Written by Isaac Mogajane. uh Art and colors by Santos. Letter by Dave Sharp. So this is the cover. Okay. Um, so this is, from what I gather, it is, it's, it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's post-apocalyptic. Well, it's three, it's in the year 3,119. So to get, it is, you know, it's definitely future. Um, and it's set in Johannesburg. So we're dealing with the continent of Africa and it's got this post-apocalyptic field. There's one of the first things you see is this dude with a trained hyena tracking things. Yeah. Which is pretty dope. And the main character is this this albino girl mm-hmm. and her plant that she can talk to. Nice. That does things for her. The plant can create, like, different herbs and stuff if she asks it to. And that's kind of how she gets by is by making herbs people need and trading them for what she needs. And at the same time, her mother is sick and injured and all this, and she's just trying to provide for her. And yeah, she's trying to get fuel cells to like you know power their home and all this stuff. But there's also like a a mystical thing about it. So at the very beginning, the guy with the with the hyena has her cornered when this happens. Cool. Like this spirit comes out and scares him away, and it, that kind of keeps happening. And it's just really cool. And like I, I if I would compare it to a book we've read. Like, the way it makes me feel, it's kind of like good luck, if anything. Oh, okay. Because there's like a, are these spirits good? Mm -hmm. What are they doing here? So, like, um, long story short, uh, the girl's mother dies really early on. So she ends up burying her and sleeping on the grave. And when she wakes up, there's a spirit hanging over her. Let me get a better look at it right there. So, like, and it's like, what is the relationship with the spirit? What are they doing? All this stuff. Long story short, she gets, she gets attacked by some reavers out in the wilderness. They take her captive. And then someone else shows up. This chick beats them up and takes, take, basically goes to free her. And she's like, thank you so much. She's like, shut up and knocks her out. She's like, I'm going to sell you. They're not going to sell you. Like, and so it ends with her being dragged behind a, a car. She's running to keep up. Oh, shit. So, but I really like that, like, this is a really good shot of her face. So you can see kind of like, she's yeah. full-on albino with the white hair and the white eyelashes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So really cool. I'm actually really enjoying this and I'm very curious to see where, where it's going to go. And yeah, I really thought, I really dug it and I thought you'd enjoy it. Plus, uh, we always talk about the Aftershock intro page.
1: Yeah. What color would that be? Oh, it would be this albino-ish white. That's cool. Yeah.
0: So really cool. I, I, I definitely, if you get a chance, pick it up. I think you enjoy it. So. Uh, but that leads us over to another bad idea. wait, talk to me about Monster Kill Squad 4. Monster Kill Squad
1: number 4. This one by Chris, written by Chris Gage, uh, Tomasio Rayo on the art, Andrew Dahlhouse on the color, and Dave Sharp on the letters. Uh, so to close this one off, yes, the finale. Um, all the monsters were gathered in front of uh, the Monster Kill Squad, Kill Squad headquarters. All Pretty much being run by, um, by Pandora, the pretty much like in this case the leader of the monsters because she's after her box like it's like a last, the last shard remaining, uh, to complete her box so she can just start taking over the world, and yeah, they're everybody's just being overrun, um, it, it's it's cool. I, I really do like the couple in this in this book, uh, the the only couple being the, the gay couple because it's uh the the occultist chick who just doesn't give a fuck um she gets with like the the religious one and then and she, she kind of questions like her whole like uh, not her whole identity but like really her questioning like her religion on like obviously like maybe like they're not as right as like they think they are based, based on like feelings and it's like yeah girl you, you you fucking you do you um there's a cool spot with uh cuz our half yeti half sasquatch dude is still like a uh, was still down but uh he recovers really quick because he gets uh, they're about to get jumped and killed by this one yeti or this whole army of yetis and he has this he has this like alpha versus alpha fight and wins so they have their own he has his own army now so the tides are turning a little bit they can have they have some numbers uh, but still all, all of Pandora's box is monsters it's not gonna hold up. she gets that last shard. Um, only because, like, the leader, like, the, the fucking, the badass old older lady with, like, the three scars on her face, um, she pretty much, like, like walk, walks it up and just, like, gives it to her. But only because they were able to fuck with it right before, like, the, the with the shard before giving it to her. And it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. Opening the Pandora's box could release, like, all of the evil. But what we did, what we, what she did, or what they all did, is that they spun it so that the, with that last shard, and now it, not corrupted the box but now it gave it changed the box's essence to what we then uh to what we then kind of like changed the story to which is it was containing all of humanity's hope so that's so it was was cool how they changed that and especially how they called her out like they they call her out because like so you're they call out pandora because like so you're only doing this you're only evil because of how mankind like like just like fucked you up, so now you're taking your revenge in this patriarchal way. You're taking the patriarchal like route instead of like your own way. So it's kind of so it, it was a cool call out, and like and, and it ended up on a, it ended up on a good note. Um, the monster kill squad has to disband, and everybody gets like a nice severance package, and everybody just goes in their own way. But pretty much like their their they each destination is to go hunt down their their own respective monsters. Basically, um, the Yeti dude is gonna go tame his Yeti army. Um, the the black guy who lost his arm is going to go to Alaska to basically go hunt down more of the, of the monsters that like, took his arm. Everybody's going to go, go still do their thing as monster kill killers. Uh, so yeah, that was the end of monster kill squad. Bad ideas, least serious book, probably.
0: <laughs> nice. Do you have any currently going bad idea books left? Is pirate. No pirate queen's done, right? Uh,
1: yeah. No pirate queen also ended, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, was it uh, Odin's eye? Just went week by week. So yeah, yeah. There was. I think there was supposed to be one. There was supposed to be one more book. The final five went up to a six, but there was no. There hasn't been any announcements for it yet.
0: But you don't have any active series, though. No, I
1: don't think about it. Not really. Hmm. That's interesting. It's been a good run, though. It's been an interesting run with these books.
0: <laughs> nice. All right, now we're gonna switch over to Dark Horse. And we have a couple books we're going to alternate here. I'm going to start with Norse Mythology, Volume 3, Number 1. Um, so, of course, I got the David Matt covers always. Of course. Because why would you not? Uh, script or Story and Words by Neil Gaiman, Script and Layouts by P. Craig Russell, Letters by Galen Showman. There's only one story in this one. And the art is by David Rubin, Flats by Zulia Pison. Um, and it's H- Himir and Thor's Fishing Expedition. Um, this one, it's one of the ones where they have an interaction with a giant. A lot of Norse mythology revolves around, we have a problem with a giant, and this is how we resolved it, basically. This one, um, they show up to a giant's hall, and the gods are like, make us dinner. And he's just like, <laughs> like and he says, I'll make you dinner, but I na- basically on one condition. He says, you must bring me a cauldron big enough to brew ale for you all. And it's a trick because there's no way that there's going to be a big enough cauldron on the world that can brew enough for all the gods, right? And so he's like, haha, now I don't have to do it. Well, Thor and, and Tyr are sent off to meet with a, a giant, which is actually Tyr's father. He has one, and basically Thor ends up tricking him, lying about his identity. They go fishing together. It's, it's a fun story, uh, but I won't delve too much into it. It is the one that a lot of people know with the the main interaction between Thor and the Midgar Serpent, which is pretty funny. Thor fishes up the Midgar, the World Serpent, basically, and almost catches him, but, yeah. but doesn't quite. And yeah, it, it's pretty funny, though. But it ends in a really great, funny note where basically the giant in the end is like, you can borrow my cauldron if you can break the cup that I'm drinking from. And so Thor throws it against the wall. It's undamaged. And the giant's like, no, I get to kill you because you didn't win. And the giant's wife is like, my husband has a very hard head. He's stubborn and thick skulled And Thor's like, they say the same of me. She's like, no, listen, (laughs) his head is hard enough to break even the toughest of cups. (laughs) And Thor takes a drink. He's like, can I try again? And that's where it cuts off. So (laughs) yeah, I love it. Uh, I I honestly thought this last volume was just going to be Ragnarok, but they they might just do that last or, you know, they might not even do it at all. I don't know, but, um, good stuff. I mean, obviously, I enjoy the Norse mythology adaptations by Neil Gaiman. It's a really great approachable way for people to get into it, so. Next up, you talk to me about Daisy, number three. <sighs> Daisy. This book got really
1: fucking good. Daisy, number three. Uh, this one. Um, Story and Art by Colin Larimer. Colors by Juana La Fuente. Um, lettering by Jim Campbell. So, Daisy and the gang, by the gang is uh, the rest of the kids, uh, they need a distraction. And because Daisy can, uh, and we've seen it before, she resurrects, she can resurrect a bunch of uh, dead animals and just causes a whole havoc around town. Uh, The sheriff is pretty much like not, it opens up the sheriff and he's like just not happy. He's driving up to Daisy's house. And so yeah, they use use this, this, uh, this distraction And they're taking the mom, the the, the one that ended up there in the beginning, uh, looking for her son. They finally take her to him. She finally gets to meet up with her son. And this is not what I expected to see, meeting the son. Just like, Mm. this dude is really into the Kool-Aid on this this side of the cult. But then we just get all the, pretty much like the answers that we've been kind of waiting for. And he starts explaining to the mom, because like, who else? Who else would she actually believe? Um, and he first he first opens up with some crazy, and, and uh, saying that like ever since he's been gone, uh, being here, he's able to talk to he's been able to talk to grandma basically, who's been dead. It was actually grandma's idea to give uh, to call mom, like so when he called her, so she can start looking for him again. Obviously, it's been years. He's all tatted up now too. Um and then right. and then here we get to the actual main bit. Um he starts explaining to her what's really going on here at the farm with the quote unquote father who we just who we uh, who Daisy just sent like the the murder of crows to just like deal with them for like a while before he resurrects again. And he tells her he tells her that his whole plan was just full of shit. That the dad believed the dad believes that if we can just get this I guess this, this divine language, if people can start learning this divine language and let it be known that what they can do is that what was written, therefore can effectively be unwritten. And therefore you can just write your own destiny. Um, and basically this is all taking, uh, and the, the, the father that this dad had, this, this is where the book of Enoch comes into play. He has all the kids study the book of Enoch Um and the mom's like, "Wait, I don't know that. I don't know that one." And he starts giving a little the, the little preface that Enoch was basically uh, Metatron. Uh, it's, it's, he's what led to mm-hmm. being uh, the actual Metatron and being that voice. And so, what happened after that is that, um, as they were researching it, they were realizing that the language was kind of corrupted, or right? there was something in it that was just being infectious. About a year, about a year ago, in the story. Daisy fall, has a seizure and falls into a mini coma. And when she wakes up, she says that the creator came to her and says, and t- tells her, yeah, dad has been lying. You're, you're being misled. Um, that these kids, like the, these cursed children, that they're, that they don't come from uh, the bloodline of Nephilim. And, and instead the like father has been, has been using them as conduits for his buddies, those, ex- those other exiled buddies and these are the cursed children i'm not
0: sure you can see them wow, well that's crazy looking
1: yeah that's why they're all distorted looking because they're just there's something else inside them that's trying to come out through them and so now they're just so basically now the whole point of the book is to just try like the mom can probably basically be maybe a cure um and and it's actually really touching right? like they, they refer to her as the as an angel because uh, she's there to help them um and yeah, so then, so, so she basically just like doubles down and is like, yo, cool. I'll follow you guys. Um, I'll help y'all. And she has to, she basically has to link up with Daisy. And we finally realize we finally see Daisy or I mean, cause she's just been tall, having like these like, not tr- these big clothes and like braces on her legs and walking with a cane. And then we finally actually see her. She finally takes it all off and like, cause she has oh, to like, she has to link up with, uh, with the mom and they have this moment this this divine right. moment and you just get this wide out page after that um so yeah something's definitely working the dad is still the dad never recovered fuck that's right so that happens right you saw you saw what i just showed you when the mom comes back everything is just gone oh wow did she become okay. like for a second like the voice of metatron and obliterate everything or did maybe just she send them all away where they were supposed to go back up to this uh supposed heaven Oh, this issue got really fucking good and actually answered like the questions like in the right way at the right
0: time loved it nice yeah that definitely looks fucking cool and the fact they're dealing with the, the book of enoch and the apocrypha that caught my attention last time you were talking about it so mm-hmm. that's really cool <laughs> nice all right my next book is last flight out i actually missed issue three when it came out so i actually have three and four um so i'm just going to quickly go over them The same creative team so i don't need to worry about that uh written and created or written and co-created by mark guggenheim art and co-creation by eduardo Federgato, colors by natalia marquez and letter by diego sanchez so this is the one where the earth is ending and there's like these arc ships and the guy who created the arc ships is about to get on the last one but can't find but his daughter like ran away and he's trying to get her and Basically, there's a group of soldiers sent with him to go find her so he'll get on the ship. Um, And they go to old Chicago. It it becomes like this kind of like urban survival in a post-apocalyptic kind of thing. Really cool. Um, Long story short, she doesn't even want to go with them. Uh, She wants to bring her boyfriend, who is actually a scientist as well, and ends up being like a really trusted associate of the father. Um, So that becomes this whole thing. They have to rescue him from like... This gang of guys that live in I think it was in Wrigley field, actually in Chicago um, they go through all this they go through all this the entire time there's this great tension between the doctor and the head of the soldiers that's with them, and he's he's really brutal and he does things that he says are necessary for the mission but the doctor disagrees with in the end, it definitely leads to a disagreement with them and then issue four comes to a pretty shocking ending. I'm not going to talk about exactly why. Because it would spoil it. And this is actually pretty good. It would be a really good trade weight for a lot of people. Um, but it, it's really, really good. I'm really enjoying it. And um, it's got some pretty good violence too. Like Especially because I've been playing a lot of Dying Light. So it feels a lot like that, you know, that hand-to-hand, very brutal violence sometimes. It's just really, really dope. So, yeah, good stuff. I'm really liking it. Uh, which next brings us to a big old chunk of way coming up. Because we're going to talk about SourcePoint Press. And hostway has got three books for us. Starting with Good Boy 3. And you're muted. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> I was wondering when this is going to happen. You're going to do it. I was watching. That's, that's why as soon as you started talking, I'm like, no. <laughs> so, but go yeah, uh, Good Boy 3.
1: Yeah. And uh, I was wondering when this is going to happen. Every now and then, I'll get like, a good chunk of uh, SourcePoint Presses. Uh, so this one. Good boy. Number three. Starting on, a, on a really good note. Garrett gun. written by Garrett Gunn and Christina Blanche are and colors by cat. Uh, yeah. Cat Wallace and lettering and design by Dave Lentz. So our, our good boy Flint just has these fights after fights for, uh, this chapter. Uh, he was basically, ha- he was basically cornered at the end of the last one has this really dope fight. Um, it's it's just so funny because like the fights that he has in this book is basically he's by, he's by himself and the fights that he has it's like he's fighting the anthropomorphic creature or person with basically the the human o- owner or human partner and right now it's like a, literally like a dog against dog fight um, for a second he ignores Flint ignores the, the the dog adversary and throws a knife from like across the yard and gets the guy. Uh, literally on, on by the neck and then and then finishes off the fight it's really fucking dope <laughs> um he because he, he stabs the other dog with like a with the with the bone in the eye it's like it, it, it's literally fucking john wick um so it so he goes over to like the 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 human guy gets his phone for to get information and then cocks is gone one more time and then blows the dog's brains out and then he turns on the phone, and then you realize like, oh, that was his owner. That was, they were like together in in that um, partnership. Not not obviously not the way. So I was like, fuck, this dude just not give a fuck. The fleet does not give a fuck. So he goes to this club, and then we meet this new character, really dope, um, Ruby, Ruby, and she is another assassin <laughs> dog who is kind of a badass. <laughs> And they just have a whole uh, a whole interaction. He gives her a bunch of coins for just some information to get, to get to somewhere, and it's just like, "Yo, this bitch is not good," literally. <laughs> so, you you never see her again. Um. So Flint infiltrates like the main mobsters headquarters, and it's just like a shootout. Again, it's just John Wick, but the dog form. He makes it to the end. He makes it to the boss. To the boss, and it's like these these two guys, these two lovable guys, like this one puppy <laughs> and the mob guy, and they're just like they're pretty much like just trying to like they're go- they're, they're doing the whole bit. I'm gonna kill you. No, you're not. Not too important for you to kill. Um, he's fl- loads his gun, and then the little puppy that was in the room. So you may want to you may want to think about boom, 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 shoots the fucking puppy dead. And gets the react gets the reaction out of the mob guy like fuck no and holds the, his dead dog in the suit it's like super solemn just like just so sad and then reaches for his pocket and takes out like a giant coin like take it you must uh, you are bound to you're bound to receive my penance and offer me safe passage again kind of like John Wick and this is John Wick number two
2: <laughs> right
1: fuck your penance and just shoots them anyway. Um, and then it's just like a little monologue where it's just like, he's again, basically John wick too. He's basically shunned from like the whole organization. And now you know, he he knows he's going to be going to be on the run. And so end of volume one. It's like, yes, we're getting more good boy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty great, dude. Awesome. Next rise of Dracula. Number two,
1: rise of Dracula. Number two, this one, this
0: This is one I've been, Reading through you, basically. Oh, uh, like dope,
1: dope. <laughs> so *Resident of Dracula, uh, written, and in this case, uh, created by Rich Davis. Art is by Pius Calzalam. uh Colors by Alex Zeef. And lettering and designed by Dave Lentz again. So, quickly opening up with, we were, we were at the club, and then these, uh, yeah, Reavers just show up. And they're just like, start shooting up the whole place. They're basically the Resistance. Because what we come to find out is that in this future, um, everything's peaceful. Uh, there's a there's like a quick meet up between uh, Lucy and Arthur because there's I guess they're they're the main characters in this one. Not really, not, not necessarily Mina. Uh, they're the main characters in the, I guess in this arc. Arthur goes up to uh, Ar- well Arthur finds Lucy, and he again Arthur in this case is human. Lucy is not. He asks he is asking her for help. Like you know, um, there's some refugees. There's some kids that we just need safe patches passage, passage could, can you help us? And she's kind of like, no at first. Cause it's kind of like, <laughs> bro, like shit's peaceful now. Like there's a whole interaction on like, I uh, like how, like, how many homeless did you pass by when you got here? Again, we're in DC. Um, the air is like cleaner than it, than it's ever been. Like poverty just doesn't exist anymore. Um, right. and, um, so so it's kind of like but then the end is like yeah sure like whatever the fuck I'll, I'll help you um what is it arthur no sorry lucy then uh still kind of takes this conversation to uh to mina and uh, again Mina's now like the the ruler she is now queen b dracula um and Mina's kind of like not over it but she's kind of like even though everything is peaceful, like I guess obviously ruling the world is is hard. So just kind of like uh, she, she, she doesn't know what to do because again, like everything is fine. But uh, even though I guess even though at the cost of genocide from like human uh, human genocide, I guess everything is okay. Um, Lucy does tell him tell, tell her about Arthur, and she's kind of like, oh, why why are you still doing this? Like, do you still love him? And she's like, yeah, I I do. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that happens. Back because and then back in the city, like these this resistance, like they're not fucking around. Like they, they, there's like a whole two page spread on like this crater that they detonated. I think this might have been where like, where, like the club was. Um, and so yeah, so there, so there's that fight, and at the end, Mina, um, to kick off, I guess like the second the, the second volume now, like for real, is uh, Mina uh, is in this meeting with these whole other. Very diverse set of uh, vampires or Mm -hmm. vampire leaders, and these look really cool. And that's all we get from them. So we don't we don't actually get any profiles on them. So I guess like shit, yeah. Like the store is for sure not kicking off uh, after this one.
0: Nice. And last source point press book cover of darkness. Cover
1: of cover of darkness written by George uh, McHale and Chris Cam, art by M J Hyblin and lettering by Nikki powers. So I got this one by just like the cover of lo- cover alone. These right. three dudes, yeah. like this werewolf, this Egyptian sorcerer and a Frankenstein monster is like, all right, cool. Mo- uh, yeah. Not a monster kill squad, but a monster kill squad in a different way. But <laughs> is di- this some kind of monster kill squad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in this book, it is not what I was expecting. You only get two stories that are kind of bouncing back and forth. Um, and i was thinking how they're going to link up but they kind of don't so the first story is set in the in the carpathian forest and it's like the, this group of like these wandering ladies and what hap- and it opens up with like this and this guy that just i guess found them and the guardian lady just literally runs off and leaves these two girls behind with this like really angry guy and then it cuts and then so uh, and then on page three, it cuts to the other story, to Transylvanian, to the Transylvanian Plateau, two hundred years prior. Um, so we'll get to that story later. I just wanted to set that up on like how these two stories very much okay. differ. So uh, this group of like nomadic ladies are just like have been on the have been on the road, and I guess like this guy finally caught up to them, and. This, this monster, this fucking guy literally starts beating on the two girls that got left behind. Um, meanwhile, because the one that ran off went to go find the other people, like the, the other ladies to be like, Hey, he found us, help, help. And he, they come back and he's just like beating on these, like these minors. Um, so what, what ended up happening was the one that ran off, she, it's not like she didn't care. But it was more, she was more preoccupied on like, on her sons. Cause I guess her two boys that that weren't there at the time, they're, they can, they're, they're shapeshifters. And they're these, like these half crows. Cause they come back later and she's like, Oh, I'm so happy that you guys are alive. But at the same time, it's like, yo, this is all your fucking fault. Or like, a or first and foremost, why the fuck did you leave the two girls behind? So it, it, it causes this friction. And it's like, but at the same time, it's like, Oh, there's there's a sense of mysticism, um on, like, again, like, these boys that can transform, and, like, there's probably more more to these ladies than, than they're leading on. And now to the other story, it's a very, very, uh, again, like Transylvania, so it's gonna be very, just, bleak. And, in this case, we meet another Dracul. And Ooh. it's a really cool Nosferatu-looking dude.
0: Yeah, I was like, that's very Nosferatu-style.
1: Yeah. This guy, well, he fi- he finds these two, like, wandering, like, lost dudes. And he pretty much just, like gives him an ultimatum: like you're not gonna die. Like basically, one of you isn't gonna die. Um, one of you is gonna get me, the other one, and then obviously the one that's gonna live, you're gonna be my my uh, my familiar. And the one that the one that ends up living, it kind of it kind of goes through like about like thirty years in time for for the story. It just it, it passes over every time we kind of cut back to them. And by the second chapter, the 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 one living dude is just like he just becomes obsessed and like yo like it's been a while you said you were going to turn me into a vampire too and he's just like it's, it's not really a blessing as you think it is yeah mortality but it's really more of a curse you're not going to fucking laugh you're not going to the hunger will consume you and you, you're not going to want it and he's just like no no I want it I want it it's like alright fine bet <laughs> and so then by like the next time we cut back the Nosferatu dude is like bro you're supposed to chill the fuck out why are you eating everything <laughs> I told you this would happen um, and then, uh, by the end of it it, it, it ends with, um, the familiar or like the, the sire kind of like going, uh, or actually no, the, the new guy going out, like just impaling the, the Sriracha sire. So we'll see what ha- what happens. That, that's where it cuts. So it's kind of like, and then, so, and then, so it cuts there. So we just have those two stories and I got this for the cover, the, the werewolf, the Egyptian and the Frankenstein. And then, so don't miss issue two coming soon. A gorilla frights a freaking werewolf. A mummified Egyptian pharaoh seeks revenge on his generals. And a mother desperately searches for her family. It's like, cool. Is this is going to be a monster ensemble book. Is this some kind of monster <laughs> kill squad? <laughs> yeah, I'm right. all about it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. All right. Now we're moving on to Image. Uh, so this is one of the weirdest weeks we've ever had in comics because <laughs> we have no vault. And we have one image book. Yes. Like that. That's never happened. I know. I know. (laughs) So, but what an image book. Radiant Black number 12. Written by Kyle Higgins and Megan Camarena. Art by a French Carlo Magno. Colors by Mattia Iacono. And letter by Diego Sanchez. So we finally get the origin of Radiant Pink. (laughs) And uh, I really liked it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I like the character a lot. Uh I'll, also I got I got this cover. Yeah, me too. Yeah, cuz it, it's just adorable and um I saw the uh the I, I saw Sweeney uh or Sweeney. Yeah, it was Sweeney's cover, right? Yeah. Uh, I saw Sweeney talking about it on... Um, oh, that's the Amy Kubert cover. Yeah, I saw Emmy Cubert talking about it on Twitter, and I'm proud of it. So,
1: Oh, uh, dope. Get one, so. Yeah, it, it feels like such a variant cover, but it's the cover A. It's the cover A, yeah, but I, I really, really like it. But
0: Yeah, so we get the origin, finally, of this, and I, I really enjoy the character. I mean, I, I don't have a lot to say, you know what I mean? Because it doesn't progress much story, but um, it does introduce us to her and her desires. Um, I loved everything with her girlfriend Mm -hmm. and what's going on in that relationship. That felt very authentic to the traditional superhero experience. You know, the whole like, you're so busy saving the world. You don't have time for me. Like that's a pretty common like idea and a very true and, you know, idea that makes sense in a lot of stories that, yeah, they would be too busy saving the world to have, you know, to be able to remember all these things to go to every, you know, everything that's needed to maintain a relationship. So I thought it was really good. Um, making her a streamer was fun. Mm-hmm. And she, I, I know we can kind of relate being podcasters and you, you do stream yourself. Yeah. But, The whole, like, no, you don't understand. I need this now. I can't disappoint my audience. (laughs) Like, that whole thing. I was like, yeah, girl, I feel you. So, um, that was really cool and very interesting. I I really dug it. I also love the idea that our two Radiants kind of knew each other. Yeah, because, I mean, they pop in at the same time. Like, I was like,
1: like, with this bond. And it's like, so it's it's cool how, like, they were here, like, this whole time. Like, it it did feel organic in its way.
0: Yeah, even though they weren't friends. Yeah. They didn't know know each other, but they definitely knew each other beforehand. So, um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I can't wait to see where this goes. Um, I, I really enjoyed reading Black. It's a fun, like, again, like half Sentai, half traditional American superhero story. Yeah, I think it's a good combo. So, yeah. Uh, what do you think? Anything you want to add? Uh, no, I,
1: I just, I really like this. I just like, first of all, I just like fuck you to the haters that I was, that I just like constantly complain on like characters, just like. Not the fact that they're too woke, but like just because like they're too modern, being like, oh, they're they're a streamer for a character. It's like, yeah, dude, that's the shit that happens now. Like, there's like everybody's kind of one one now. So uh, maybe a character would be one. So and the fact that just it feels so real. It doesn't feel like just like shoehorned in there. It feels really fucking real. Like the the whole pressure on like wanting to get back to her audience. Obviously not me, but like um. I'm a part of a few discords where people are fucking annoying where like, they don't get that people have lives where that shit happens and you get messages on discord and be like, yo, are you going to stream today? Is it going to happen today? Hey, it's been a while. Maybe you should stream like this week. <laughs> and it's like, people calm the fuck. Yeah. So like that part, I completely got and it. It's like, it felt very genuine. And so yeah, I, I really, really fucking love this issue. And also because like, yeah, maybe we haven't seen them a lot and they, they have, we've seen them do some cool stuff with, um, with like around the main character, the main cast. Mm-hmm. but we haven't really like have we haven't bonded with them as characters and this one actually was really well done for both characters and then to just um because like next up is what the super massive like that their little cross the story's crossover oh, yeah. so this was really well done to just be like you know what i'm 100 behind both of these characters not just have them be on the side
0: yeah totally like it's it's really cool mm-hmm. and it's funny because the way you kind of talked about the that pressure of performing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of a tweet that I just saw from Neil Gaiman the other day where somebody, I, I think they were asking about the, the Sandman show, but they were asking about some project of his. And they said something like, is this going to come out in our lifetime?
1: Oh my God.
0: And he, and he replied with, well, I don't know how much longer you're going to live. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jeez. like I, I love you Neil so much. <laughs> like, he's like, I mean, you could die tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 I'm just, like, amazing. Like, so good. But, yeah, no, people, streamers are people, too. Yeah. And, yeah, I definitely had that, like, as soon as I was, like, oh, wait, she's a female gay streamer. hmm Oh, God, I don't even want to look at the tag on Twitter right now. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Just, just, like, oh, God, like, representation, did, I'm, like, no, it's good. It's a good thing. Like, fuck. God. Uh, I know way more people that stream. Then write. Right. The main character's a writer. <laughs> so Or was, kind of, is. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that leaves us off our independent comics, and we're going to switch over to the big two, starting with DC. Um, I have several DC books. I'm going to go through them quickly this week. Titans United, number six of seven, um, written by Kevin Scott, penciled by Jose Luis, inked by Jonas Trindad, Colored by Rex Locus and lettered by Carlos Mingual. We're kind of coming to the conclusion of this. Um, it's been revealed that Blackfire is the bad guy all along. And so the Titans are teamed up with Lady Vic, actually, to take take her out. Um, I, the one thing, because I don't usually talk about this book too much when I review it, uh, because it's it is I feel like it's a tie-in to the series, and I didn't watch the series. So okay. I don't really have much to talk about. But I do absolutely love the fact that Hawk and Dove are part of the cast. Yeah. Because specifically Dove. I've always loved Dove, and I love Dove's costume design. And then this shot. Oh, oh, gnarly. Yeah. It's just really, really good. I just love Dove. Um, and yeah, I'm enjoying it. I also love the fact that... So basically, we kind of got a tease that Superman, Superboy, I should say, Connor, is brainwashed by Blackfire, right? And he goes to kill Jason. Jason's like, I wish you fucking would. <laughs> like, and He's just like, fucking kill me, Connor. Bring it. And it's because he knows that he's like, you would have killed me already if you had a chance. Like, like you're obviously holding back, you know. And so, and like, he revealed that Connor was still kind of in control. So, but I just love that Red Hood's shit talking is what unraveled <laughs> everything, which is always good. So, uh, next up, a finale. Black Manta, number six of six. Uh, written by chuck brown art matthew dow smith colors by marissa louise and letter by clayton cowles Um, so honestly at the end everything kind of got resolved without anything too big i need to bring up specifically um the key to this is is they made the orcalcum trident that's very powerful and has a lot of energy and stuff like that and uh, Devil Ray, the bad guy that they've been fighting, he ends up getting away, but he's lost all his technology, all his powers. He's pretty much done. And Black Manta takes on the Trident. So oh, sick. So, and I'll show you if there's a good shot of him. I'll show you. And he, um, it's like it, it doesn't look like Arthur's Trident. It's not fancy looking, but it's incredibly powerful. Um, but it does give us uh, basically. Devil Ray is attacking Atlantis and before black Manta fights and black Manta alerts Atlantis, Hey, you're about to get attacked. And then that's, it. so here's, here's devil Ray holding it. It's a good shot of the tribe. Okay. So, but in the end, yeah, um, black Manta has to try to, and you find out afterwards, because of the forewarning, they were able to find all the bombs and stuff that was planted. He saved Atlantis basically. And, it's Arthur talking to one of the Atlanteans being like, how did you find out this is happening? He's like, you, it came from an unexpected source. And then it says the end, but Black Mantis and adventures continue in Aquaman, Aquaman. number one cool. called it. <laughs> yes. So it will be all three of them at least. So oh, I'm very excited cool. about that. That was a really good, really good fun run. I really enjoyed that. Okay. that will be quite, quite
1: the dynamic. Like the three of
0: them. Fuck.
2: For Aquaman, yeah,
0: Oof. Be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, Superman, Son of Kal-el, number eight. Uh, continuing to be just an amazing book, and it's just it's just so funny watching people online try to tear this book down. I just love it um, because they're so far off. They, I don't understand what they what they think they're doing. Written by Tom Taylor, pencils by Sian Thormi, inked by Raul Fernandez, colored by Federico Blee. letter by Dave Sharp. Long story short, you remember the big crab monster from the previous issue? Right. That Aquaman, Jackson Hyde, and uh, Superman were trying to stop. They were able to basically calm it down until Lex Luthor's little new powered goons show up and are like, we're going to ruin everything. And they do. Um, As they do, one of the things it does is this giant crab is trying to get to the guys attacking it. So it jumps out of the water. this thing is fucking huge. And then it lands and causes a fucking tsunami. And so um, you have this wave going towards Metropolis. It's about to wreck Metropolis. Superman gets underwater underneath it and does the big sonic clap and basically breaks it out from the center. So, So it floods Metropolis but doesn't wreck everything at least. And then he spends the entire time saving people, and it's just really interesting because it keeps reinforcing the whole Superman, um, you know, doing the right thing, saving people, not 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 being vengeful, things like that. Um, so it's actually it's really cool. Team uh, Team Up with Jackson's fun, um, and they're trying to like make him feel bad that it was his fault that this all happened, but he really did everything he could, and the best part is his new boyfriend literally does a news report saying that exact thing. He did everything he could and should not feel bad. Um, So like, and then he's literally sitting there listening to it with him and he's like, thanks. I need reminded of that sometimes. So it was really cool. I really like this. This is the fun stuff. I love John as Superman. I love this whole arc. It's fantastic. So, and you're muted by the way.
1: (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Uh, um, I saw a troubling tweet on uh, someone who was, Scoping out the whole uh, Dark Crisis and Death of the, of the JL, and to them, after seeing that, they were worried that maybe, or they were they're confused. They're confused on the fact that uh does that does that later on mean that the whole thing, I guess, like in Action Comics and involving War World, and that this book, Son of Son of Kal El, aren't in continuity, or like they won't be post this Dark Crisis
0: because that would really fucking suck. I, I wouldn't worry about that yet okay i don't think we have enough information to decide any of that yet okay and i don't I don't like worrying about things that aren't actually happening
2: mm-hmm.
0: like with wonder girl being canceled that's my yeah. whole thing is i'm like we don't know what's gonna happen we're coming on trial of the amazons we don't know what's coming out of there you know so that's why i'm not worried about it so um i on, honestly this book has sold better than anybody ever expected yeah it, it's on like it's third printing and stuff like even the issues before he came out have then gone back and have really picked up. So a lot of people are really enjoying it now that they're picking it up. Mm-hmm. So I don't anticipate them being like, well, we need to get rid of that. No, no I don't see that happening. So. Thanks. All right. Next up, Batgirls number three. Ooh. Uh, cover. So it's, it's, it's George Corona. His art is just great. We know it for Strange Academy, of course. Written by Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad. Art by George Corona. Colors by Sarah Stern and Ivan Placencia. And letters by Becca Carey. Um, this one is kind of a quasi-essential third issue. It's kind of like continuing to surround them with threats that they're then going to have to handle as they go on. Um, so there's a new threat called the Tutor. And he's an artist and his art. He uses like... Um, Fear gas mixed with nitrous oxide, which enables him to like mind control people to a certain degree, and he uses art installations to do so as well. Um, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And basically, Babs has to go undercover at this art this art gallery release for the bad guy, and she runs into her ex. At least we think he's her ex. They they were together in college, and the girls are like, "Is that your ex?" And she won't answer them. But he's like, I hate how he left it. And she's like, yeah, I know. And he's really hot and stuff. She's like, oh, boy. We never found out. And he gives her his number later on, right? And uh, in the end, after everything, she's she's laying in bed. Or she's about to go to bed. She's like, what a weird night. And she's like, she goes to pick up the phone to call. Or no, she puts the phone number of the ex next to like her, her phone. And the phone rings. And she answers. And it's Dick Grayson. That's right. They're dating. <laughs> you forgot, didn't you, Barbara? <laughs> so, you're like, hey, babe, sorry it's so late. She's like, no, it's good to hear your voice. What's up? He's like, you know, usual, sitting around, missing you. He's like, maybe you want to come over and unwind a bit, you know, with me? She goes, I'd like to, but it's late. He's like, I guess, but since as, as we're already on the phone. And she's like, you're a really randy tonight, Mr. Grayson. It's like, ah, I was like, and then he goes, you're a loser. She goes, what? He goes, you're a loser. Surprised you even have a boyfriend. And you find out it's Seer, the oh, anti-oracle using a voice modulator for Yeah. So I was like, Yeah, but you still have a boyfriend, Barbara. <laughs> so with all the stuff surrounding them, they still have to deal with Seer. And they make a pretty big emphasis in this issue that Barbara really doesn't have any information about Seer, has learned nothing about her. So I added her down. So that's gonna be the big arc, I think. But I'm digging it. Batgirls is fun. Um I've seen some criticism about it. Um Specifically, the girls that we talk about it pretty much every issue. The girls seem younger than they should for a lot oh, of fans. Mm-hmm. I kind of agree, but I mean, I like Super Sons and John Kent Superman now. You know, right. like, Just enjoy it for what it is, I guess, is what I'd say. But I totally get it if you don't. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I just like to see the Batgirls have their own book. That's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, next up, Detective Comics ten fifty two. Oh boy! Uh, so. Here we go. Okay, so creative team. There's always so many. Um, For the main story, it is written by Mariko Tamaki, art by Max Rayner, colors by Luis Guerrero, letters by Ariana Mayer. The backup story, which is getting really interesting, by the way, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Fernando Blanco, color by Jordi Belair, and letter by Rob Lay. So, basically, in the last issue, we saw the moment where Psycho Pirate's hold kind of gave way and um, just various things start happening. (laughs) Um, We know that Batwoman was undercover as one of the doctors in Arkham. Well, she's not anymore. She got fired when this happened. Oh, shit. Um, And so, I think they kind of figured out she was undercover, but they don't know it's Batwoman, but you know, like, so. And they basically use the info they're able to find to stop a party crasher organization. They get a bunch of pills that were being transported, all this stuff. There's a lot going on, but all the people in Gotham don't remember the attacks or anything like that, and including Helena, which is very interesting. And, yeah, but there's a really ominous last page of that main story, which I think is really cool, and I can't wait to see where that goes. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, th- I think I think it's going to be really cool. And then, yeah, so I'll show you. I don't want to spoil it, but that's that's written on the ground underneath Helena's bed in what looks to be her blood.
1: Oh, shit. Okay. His
0: hold is breaking, but she doesn't remember anything. She doesn't see it. Uh Uh-huh. So really cool. Now, the backup story is about that little kid who watched his parents get killed by Joker, Batman. Everything's been happening to this kid, right? Scarecrow poisoned him, all that stuff. Penguin just adopted him. Well, he runs into, as he's a little kid, he runs into Jason Todd. And he's like, hey, we used to go to school together. He's like, yeah. You know, it's like basically like we used to be delinquents together at school. He's like, you good? And he's like, yeah, I'm good and everything like that. Well, this is when Jason was Mm robbing. And the kid's like, yeah, I work for Penguin. I kill people for him. And Jay's like, oh, that's cool, I guess. he's like, all right, I'm going to go. And then Jay tells Batman. Batman's like, I'll check it out. He's like, I'll go with you. He's like, no, you won't. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Um, Batman busts up into Penguin's thing. The kid runs out through the exit and Penguin is like, give me the gun. And he just presses a button and locks Penguin in with Batman. And takes off. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then Jason is Robin. uh, Confronts him, stops him. And they arrest the kid. And he's like, wait a minute. He's not the same as before. Because he met met Dick when he was younger. Uh Uh-huh. He's like, he's not the same as before. He's a different boy. He's younger than me. He used to be older than me. And he's like, they throw him in the back of the cop car. And he's screaming, it's not right. Batman's making an army of boys. You have to stop him. Oh. Which is really cool. Like the outside <laughs> perspective of what's happening is kind of grim now that I think about it. Yeah. So, and then my last solo bat uh, DC. <laughs> I might as well say Batman book. My last solo DC book is Batman: Urban Legends number twelve. I'll make this quick. Um, first one is the second part to Batman and Zatanna: Bound to Our Will, written by Vida Yala, and artist by Nicholas Mishi. colors by Nick Filardi, letters by Nancy Wands. Second story is White Witch Part 2 written by Rom V. Art by Anandark. John Pearson does the colors. Aditi Bidacar does the letters. Second part of Eternity by Mohale Mashigo, Ari Stevin, and Sede Tumafonte. And second part of Ace the Bat-Hound written by Mark Russell. Art by Carl Mustard. color by Trish Mulville and a letter by Steve Wands. Um, the only one I'm really going to highlight is the Batman and Zatanna one. Which is really good. Uh, it's about them trying to contain that magical rift they accidentally created. And something gets out. And when they're like hiding out and trying to recover, John Constantine shows up to back them up. Hell so. yeah. Yeah. And so he's really great. Also, so the second one, White Witch. I I was talking about the art last time. How it kind of reminds me of like Havoc Wolverine Meltdown. Like that really dreamlike right. art. It's even more so this time. Oh, totally. Yes. It, it's absolutely beautiful. So, yeah, uh, really, really enjoying that uh, story. And the others, I mean, it's it's what's on the tin. You know, like you get Eternity, and then you get an Ace the Bat Hound book, which is great. So, um, But always fun. I don't want to spend too much time on it, unfortunately, because it's four whole stories. But really good stuff. Which brings us to our single shared DC book. Future State Gotham, number 10. Uh, So, creative team, written by Dennis Culver, art by Giannis Milo Giannis, Milano Giannis, there we go, letter by Troy Pateri, and it's Red Hood versus The Next Joker. And I just love how effective a villain The Next Joker is. Yeah. Like, he's just so great uh, and creepy as shit. But there's obviously more to him than just being a big bruiser, a big dumb bruiser. Mm-hmm. Because of what happens in this, there's a little bit of technological trickery going on. <laughs> and that's obviously very ominous and stuff. It's really interesting now that Future State doesn't seem like it's going to happen the way we thought it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because they kicked out the magistrate. Yeah, that now they can kind of do whatever they want now with this story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They can kill people. And we don't have to really think about, oh, that's the future of DC. And we kind of see that a bit with Dick Grayson here where he's kind of like doing things I would normally say I don't like Dick Grayson doing that. But now this is technically an else world. I'm like, fine, that's fine.
1: Like micro dosing on Venom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but I really, I'm really digging it. I love the art still. It's just, it's just really cool. Um, and this, this was ominous as shit. Oh, so dope. Yeah. But yeah, really, really enjoying it. What are you thinking about it? Um, yeah. And no, I was like, comic, comic books, manga
1: right here. It's honestly, it's, it's just so fucking fun to read every time it comes back. I love this book so much.
0: Yeah, it's great. So, awesome. And last thing before we move on, I have to show, Josue, I reviewed Monkey Prince last week. Yes. Oh, I, I saw this, to too. I a picture of it, but yeah, the red envelope cover of Monkey Prince came in. I saw it in it my shop, away. and it's like, oof, I wonder if he saw that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I ordered this when they announced it. Oh, cool. I, I added it to my pull list. <laughs> I just had to show that off a little bit. So. <laughs> All right. Now, we are going to marvel at everything that the Marvel Comics Company has sent us this week. Um, so, we're going to start off with the unaffiliated, uh, which are mostly Avengers books. Hawkeye, number four. Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, number four. I got this cover. Oh. <laughs> now <laughs>
1: No I, pineapple on pizza. Yes, my now,
0: girl. I'm, <laughs> in, uh, I'm in 100% in favor of pineapple on pizza. I think pineapple <laughs> should be on everything. It's <laughs> delicious. So, written by Mariyaki Nishkamp. Uh, pencil by Anita Balam inked by oran jr colored by britney Pier. this is the next to last issue and basically so we, yeah we got the circus of crime they have all these rich people taken hostage and they set fire to the house and basically kate spends the entire time freeing these rich people freeing her sister freeing lucky the pizza dog while the house is on fire there's not a lot of plot progression here going on um so i'm not going to jump into it too much but it's been a lot of fun and with like i said with one more issue left I'm very curious to see where we're going to go, where it's going to leave Kate going into what could possibly be a new. young Vigar's book. Mm. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. So good stuff. Next up. Maestro world war. M, number yeah. one. Uh, So <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so we'll do creative team. I think it's the end, of this one, where is the creative team? I know who wrote it. (laughs) If I need to, if nothing else, I can make it up there. I found it. It's kind of like in the beginning of Oh, yeah. There we go. Peter David writing. Art by Herman Peralta. Colored by Jesus Aburtov with Pascual Ferry. Um, Colors also from Matt Hollingsworth and lettering by Ariana Mayer. So, in the end, if we're going to do one more Hulk story, you got to bring the abomination in. (laughs) So... At the same facility that had the Hulk trapped for AIM, they also had the Abomination. In the last series, Hulk bombed it, and the Abomination was able to escape. And, yeah, it starts up with him in his, like, little fantasy thing, which was really cool. Because mm-hmm. that's how it started with the Hulk. So, you know, they're drawing the parallels, of course. Uh, Abomination's, like, wondering, like, what the fuck am I even supposed to do at this point? Like, you know, like, everything I know doesn't is gone, nothing matters. He gets attacked by a bunch of dudes, and he finds out that they're there on sexy old man Namor (laughs) on his behalf. And uh, Pete basically is like, hey, come underwater with me. And they do. Um, Meanwhile, Dr. Doom is licking his wounds. He's very upset. Um, And, yeah, basically, we also find out that uh, Maestro's second-in-command is working with Namor to try to get rid of Maestro. Now, um... They also tease that Namor has another weapon to fight him with, which I thought they were going to hold off on, like, for, for a couple issues. Yeah. It literally is a page later. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, yes, an old friend. And then the Human Torch shows up. Now, the Hulk is like, how are you still alive, Johnny? I'm like, he knows the original Human Torch. Uh-huh. This is obviously Jim Hammond, not Johnny. <laughs> like, So I'm like, okay, I guess. But... Yeah, they have a big fight. And I love that he actually burns him and it actually hurts. He's like, yeah. oh, you hurting me. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, they have a big fight. Human head Tor- Torch heads towards the ocean. And Maestro says, all right, round two. And we know that's so he obviously trying to bring him over to Namor. He's probably going to win the fight, obviously. But it's that, a pretty tall order. Yeah. Abomination, Namor, Human Torch, and probably Dr. Doom popping at the last minute. Oh, you know? probably at
1: the last minute for sure.
0: Yeah, but really cool. I'm glad this book is back for a third volume to wrap everything up. And like I said, you can't really do it without the abomination. So
1: yeah, it's really cool. I, I, I like how he even says it. Like my name's not Johnny;
0: it's Jim. But you can call me the Human Torch. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So. <laughs> I like how it's like they showed the the tube, and every every person who's ever read Marvels was like, "Oh, that's the original Human Torch," without even seeing it. We're like, we know what that tube is.
2: Even
1: even like, in the MCU, there was like a little cameo in the first Cap. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So, all right, that takes us to. I'm so excited to talk about this book, Moon Knight number eight. Oh, <gasps> I'm so glad this one, a Remy this year because it totally deserves it. <laughs> Written by Jed McKay, drawn by Alessandro Capuccio. Color is by Rochelle Rosenberg and lettered by Cory Petit. So, as we know, Moon Knight was jumped and taken into custody. However, taking his place is the other face is, of Caucher. Is Hunter's Moon. And as Hosway pointed out, he just straight up, straight up jacks Moon Knight's whole aesthetic. <laughs> like the my covered the first Moon. page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's still dope as hell. And I just love the way they draw him anyway. So I'm so yes. excited for it. Long story short, someone's like, hey, there's a bunch of killings. They use a crossbow and they're leaving this symbol for stained glass scarlet, which is such a deep reference in the Moonlight lore. I, I was like, in Moonlight lore, I was like, wait, really? And then I went back. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have read this. I'm like, that's crazy. So uh, who supposedly was dead. And it leads to an investigation. And then. Some of the best art this series has seen. Dude. And this series has seen some incredible art. Um I to start with before we get to the psychedelic stuff, this shot, yeah, the Shuriken, is so great. Um and then yeah, once we get into the fucking Alice in Wonderland of falling through things and stuff, I, it's just so cool. And then the recreation of of her design. This mm-hmm. I saw this and I'm like oh, so he's going to lose his shit with yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's just so cool, and I really like uh, obviously this shot. Oh my gosh! Like just everything is—it's it's just so cool and so visual, and I love how grounded Moon Knight has been, like visually, mm-hmm. up to this point in this series, and then this series—the one he's not there for—everything's just ape shit. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: like, and I really, really like that a lot, and I like that we're getting this chance for, for him to address. His role in the story, yeah, Uh, because Mark's in jail, <laughs> so this dude's gonna. And I, I like that he was able to talk with with uh, Moon Knight's assistant, uh, with Reese, you know, and try to, you know, make things better with them. It it definitely leans more towards him becoming a regular part, yeah, of the cast and like more of an ally than so just an adversary. Aggressive. Yeah, yeah, and I because I like him, I like him a lot, and I like him being the counter mm-hmm. to Moon Knight, you know, like and so. I, I loved it. It was really, really cool, and it was a great way to take advantage of the fact that Moon Knight's in jail. Okay, well, here's an awesome story I can tell while he's in jail. <laughs> so, yeah, what'd you think? Anything you want to add?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, definitely. It was definitely the Mister Steal your book, as I tweeted it. Uh, but honestly, very deserving. Fucking a, I would love a, a run of it. Like so, so much so like how much we loved uh, uh Detective North in Daredevil. Yeah. Like for a new character just to just show up, like yo. Like give me your mini frag and then, and then we'll talk for an ongoing. You're here to stay. Yeah, definitely.
0: All right. Next up, we're journeying to a galaxy far, far away for star Wars, the High Republic trail uh, trail of shadows. Number five. I'm not going to talk too much about it. It does wrap up the story though. Written by Daniel Jose older art by David Walker, uh, colorist, Giotto Marchesio and letter by Joe Sabino. Everything is coming together. All the star Wars th- stories are coming together right now for a big apex. So I just because I don't know who's seen what, I'm not gonna talk too much about the plot. But it was really cool. Uh the big crossover in this one was with the High Republic Adventures. Mm. Because we did talk about it. The Starlight Beacon satellite is is blowing up. So this group goes to help uh get people out and they run into buckets of blood with all the Padawans. Oh, okay. And they help evacuate all the Padawans. They do so, and then buckets of blood is like, take them. Take them away, basically. And uh, he's he's like, but I'm going to stay behind. They're like... And, he's, and then buckets of blood does the most buckets of blood thing ever. He's like, you know, take them, save them, I have things to do. And it's like, he strips down to a loincloth. <laughs> and then runs off into the tunnels with his lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like if something happens to buckets of blood my star wars fandom will change that's the weirdest <laughs> thing like i never thought i'd say that but i love him so much but then it does kind of tease the next era of the high republic which i'm not going to talk about too much it's so hard when they're all tied together i don't want it to mm. run things for people so but highly highly recommend this i actually like this second arc way more than the first arc i liked the first arc but this one's so good cool so next up hosway is going to give us an update from the Spider Verse with Amazing Spider-Man number eighty-eight dot Bay. Yes, a
1: uh, beyond tie-in, and enter the Slingers. Do you <laughs> remember the
0: Slingers from before? Actually, no. They used to be Spider-Man characters. Okay, it's, if I remember correctly. They, it was three identities that Peter used to be under when he couldn't be Spider-Man. And uh, then three other dudes were like, we can be those characters. And so they took those characters over. One of them is Prodigy with them. Uh, prodigy, like the mutant prodigy? No, no, no. There's a character named Prodigy. It wasn't the mutant prodigy. He's the first Marvel. prodigy. Oh, um, no, but I, I do know who you're talking about now. He, he was really important in Civil War. Oh, actually, uh, he he had a bit part in civil war that was pretty important, so but it's so funny because uh, like
1: three characters do 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 make an appearance as like the, as
0: the slinger, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, so I'm very curious about this because I was a huge fan of them as why well. was why I it, jumped into that. So excellent. Uh, so this one, um Jeffrey Thorne is
1: a writer, uh Jean Basaldua and Jim Toe as an artist, and Jim Campbell with the colors, and Joe Caramanga with the letters. This is mainly uh, actually, I've been wondering uh, what's been going on with him too. A Hobby Brown story, the original Prowler, mm-hmm. and, and but now since because Miles has been around and the whole, I mean, he had his whole arc with uh, his uncle, and now in the six one six, Hobby Brown has been donning the the Hornet suit, and this one opens up in uh, in King and Black and what Hobby was doing during during the, those events, and with his super dope suit. He has this cool wingspan, or with with his wingspan, he can like release like these like emit these like sonic nope. things. So like he was definitely kicking ass for like uh uh around the King and Black uh saga. So he uh, so he was fine. He was able to with some people, and then it jumps into it jumps to the quote unquote now at least like or obviously at least not uh, King and Black times anymore. And Javi Brown is like kind of like doing this like or he 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 wants to prop up something um he doesn't have his own company anymore he doesn't really do that part but he is at least like maining this uh this crowdfunding gig and what he wants to do what he's aiming for what he's striving for is to make a world a better place because he's a hero he, he's a hero in his own right and his first mission uh, like well, what's kind of starting this whole thing for him is this little girl who kind of got infected based like uh, as a result from one of the many uh hero fights it's like, yeah, they, they save the day, but they also kind of leave behind a lot of fucking damage. And this little girl has this, like, developing, like, crystallizing, like, on, on her skin. Like, she's basically going to become crystal solid, and she's, she's going to die if she doesn't get help. And there is no help for this. So, what he's doing, what Hobby Brown is doing is uh, with with his inventions uh, and with his friends list, and he starts, like, name <laughs> dropping uh, Dr. Voodoo, Scott Lang, Tony Stark, and even... Peter Parker, Fairgray uh, can help her like I can, and just as this is about to be all propped up and set up uh, for obviously for the better, crisis alert. <laughs> the company gets bought out by Beyond Corporation. So this is how they got all of that fucking juicy like magic that they've been like rocking with, and so basically like he just uh, he gets uh, shoved sh- like shoved out of the company. Like there's nothing that he he can do. Um, it's, it's, it was kind of shady, but then, like, they kind of, like, swing the pot, which, like, he was able to, at least, like, to leave uh, the company with $15 million. And then that's when he and his uh, girlfriend start to, like, really add the numbers, where it's just, like, basically, like, all the whole buyout was, like, $200 million, where it's just, like, yo, what the fuck's going on then? Like, this is just, like, a little too good to be true to just, like, swoop, swoop in and take everything. So that's when he suits up and goes to investigate Beyond Corporation, and he's being followed by a person, uh, a teleporter. Uh, he gets a, he gets to jump on her. I forget who it is because like now that you say like it's um, now that you say that it's um, uh, the slingers were a, a, a set of trios. She's definitely the, the second player, and she calls out she calls out Robbie because she's like, "And you're a thief." Um, uh, I,
0: her name is her name is Dusk. Probably
1: Dusk. Yes, it is Dusk. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Um. Because like she, she, call, she, like, like
1: <laughs> she calls, she calls out. He's like you're a thief. I saw you at Beyond. You're wearing my best friend's costume because she knows the original Hornet, who was I guess mm. killed off back in. Oh fuck! God damn! This callback. The original Hornet was killed by Wolverine back in Wolverine, enemy of the state. That was like the Mark Millar run, right? That was a long time ago. Yep. Uh, so anyway, so they they partner up because she's looking for her friend, the third slinger in this in this story, who is uh, it ends up being Ricochet and um
0: ricochet is her ex i
1: thought she was in love with him maybe oh interesting and so Rick, when they find ricochet ricochet is just like kicking ass but it's more like of a fun kicking ass and they're just like kind of confused and it's like and she's just like yo you've been missing for like a couple of weeks like where the fuck ha- have you been <laughs> and he's like the fuck are you talking about it's been like a couple of hours and it's been on my shift here like I've, I've just been doing this on the side and so this is where like this is where we kind of get like a little cross like a hidden crossover here where like, i didn't mention it last last week uh on the last spidey issue but now here basically beyond is it is in ties with the with the assessor with uh the dude who's been fucking with miles morales life um and that's kind of what's been going on here which is why ricochet has kind of been missing but not really and then he they realize like it's like oh shit so beyond is definitely up to no good um and they take down like this little this little faction. Uh, they go, they go about their own ways. And at the end, because they kind of save the day, like, at least like, a scientist, one of the scientists pays a little too close attention to how Robbie, uh, or her hobby was, uh, running the show on like being a leader and how he figured out the whole, the whole scenario and realizing, oh, this guy under this hornet suit isn't as dumb as he looks. <laughs> He's actually a lot smaller. And he, and he gives him a card as a job offering to 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 beyond so this whole time hobby has probably been infiltrating beyond corporation and that is very very good news
0: yeah totally that's that's cool i'm like i said i'm excited to get a slingers update so yeah cool um, at least pick up this
1: issue It was actually
0: really cool if you you like them so the original prodigy you might remember this um he um it was in let me remember which book it was it was during because you you read civil war obviously Mm -hmm. Um, it was frontline, um, in frontline, right after the, the act came into, to prominence, like right when it passed, Mm -hmm. he basically was like, I think he was drunk, if I remember correctly. And he was like, fuck Iron Man up on a building, basically. (laughs) So, So he was actually the first person arrested under the superhero registration act. Oh, no shit. Yeah, it was really cool, and I remember that. <laughs> like, And that's the first time like it was on TV and stuff, and a bunch of people kind of got like, oh, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> so, I always remember that about him. So, yeah. Nice. Um, And next up, we're going to talk about Devil's Reign number four. Holy shit. Josue. So, <laughs> holy shit! I had a very difficult choice this week. Oh? Because I'm trying to reduce my cover amount. I'm trying uh-huh. not to spend as much money. And I saw this cover.
1: Oh, yes. I was seeing that one as well.
0: And I I had to get it.
1: It's really good.
0: But I also had to get this cover (laughs) because it's Gwyneth Psylocke. And how am I not going to get that? Yeah. I could do that. So, yeah. That being said, let's jump straight in. Uh, for those who don't know the first cover was the black history month variant of luke cage and the use of yellow yeah. is the greatest thing ever <laughs> like it's just it pops is the best word for it and and i love that yellow is luke cage's color that's oh, really totally cool you know like i love it anyways written by Chip Zdarsky, art by marco titetto uh colors by marcio menis and letter by clayton cowles well, a lot has happened. Uh we have a two week time skip. <laughs> so let's just go through the big things. Foggy Nelson's not dead. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that, that would have affected a lot for me. Uh, Matt and Mike Murdoch aren't getting along. Uh we there's a jailbreak. Sue and um Sue and Reed break out. Um we get to see the <laughs> <laughs> Even it's not his book, but he's still still. <laughs> you know. Moon Knight, ra- like, he couldn't just break out as Mark Specter. <laughs> he had to make a fucking mask. And he had to put a moon on it. So, you know, that it, it looks red to me. So he's probably. Blood. He probably hurt himself to make the mask. <laughs> like, he's like, well, I'm doing this properly or I'm not doing it at all. And then we find out that Tony is there, which makes sense because they, you know. <laughs> The imposter, Tony, we found out. So it makes sense that he was arrested. And Danny. It... Oh, Danny, yeah. Rand is, Danny Rand is part of the oh, brawl, yeah. too. I forgot he was arrested. Oh, that's dope. I love Danny so much. Yeah. I hope they do something with him since he's not iron Fist anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, a lot of this book is dedicated to the Kingpin. Yes. Which we'll talk about in a moment. But I know Sway knows what I want to talk about because I'm very outspoken about this character. Please, please tell me the I'm writing or written. Right. Rhino. Yes, yes, oh my god, yes. I I still maintain Rhino should be in the spot that Sandman is in, where he's the the ally sometimes villain character. Yeah. I think he should be that character. Totally
1: agree.
0: Because he's not a bad guy. And so we see him fighting with the champions and everything and we realize that he doesn't want to fight them. And he actually gives them Thunderbolts badges so that the drones won't see them and basically says hey i you know this is a good pain lawful job and they told me to go after kids and i'm like i'm not doing that <laughs> and i'm like fuck yes <laughs> fuck yes rhino you're the best character in the Marvel universe <laughs> out of everything awesome happening in this book not just this issue but this whole
1: book alone so many great things have happened ha- have happened it actually took a moment at least for two fucking panels to just make rhino okay and i just i
0: love that about this book it's so good. Like, and he links up with the superhero underground and everything. Um, but let's talk about Kingman. <laughs> How do we not? Uh, first of all, Mary, God girl, I know, <laughs> just walking around in your underwear. You're killing me. Um, and she mentions that she doesn't remember the first time they met because all the trauma, it's blocked out a lot of memory. And he's like, oh, I wish you could remember. And then suddenly she can remember. And he's like, Oh Yeah. Because I got the, the, cos is a cosmic cube, right? Remember that, right? For, or it right now? In the, in the cane, right? Wasn't it a cosmic cube in the cane? Oh, he's, he's the-
1: he has a, it's a, his cane has a, I guess it's, it's a, it's purple. It's a fragment of the
0: purple man thing. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's the purple man thing. I was thinking, because there's a fragment few cosmic cube in Hawkeye right now. that's oh, okay. Key. Um, so, like, he's like, holy crap, I restored her memory. Oh and he goes off on his own he stands up in the rain all dramatically <laughs> <laughs> says remember and then he kind of crumples and looks up and we get the most climactic shot of him saying Matt Murdock and it's like the, the
1: monologue where it's just like he realized what he, what he did for her and it's like fuck I need air space like the weight of the year is crushing me like he's about to he, he knows you could just let it fucking go but he just has to fucking know. Just, ugh. And, and it's so perfect, too, because what Matt did was, um, to make everybody forget again, was that he used, uh, well, he didn't use him like that. But uh, well, with the help of the Purple Matt's kids is what got him to wipe wipe uh, everybody. So this kind of makes exactly. sense to kind of, like, bring it back. And It's like, fuck, that last page, dude. He is, oh, my God, he is so mad. The, the, the part of the Kingpin I want to talk about was with fucking Butch. Oh, yes.
0: my God. I did, did kind of glaze over, but that was great. Butch is, butch is some balls.
1: <laughs> like, was, I can make you fall in line. I can.
0: <coughs> oh, my just, God. Right in his face. It's so great because it's just rebellious kid, but on higher stakes. It's it's like Fuck you, dad. <laughs> like, and like, also the the, the, the the auto scene. Was
1: so good. Him, like, standing over him like that. Like, God, Chachau just makes everybody look
0: so cool. <laughs> Otto is looking a little big for his britches. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was like, mm mm-hmm. I don't see Wilson taking that shit very well. <laughs> so, great issue, though. Great to see Foggy still kicking it. hmm And just, yeah, the Rhino stuff. Between that, the Rhino stuff, and all the Kingpin stuff, such a great issue. I know. <laughs> like, I loved it, so... All right, now we end our journey with a trip to Krakoa, as always. We're going to start with New Mutants number 24. And, oh man. Written by Vida Ayala, drawn by Danilo Beiruth, colored by Dan Brown, and lettered by Travis Lanham. One of my favorite things about the Krakoan era of X-Men is they can take an issue and just tell us what's going on sometimes. Yeah. It's not just like there's a threat. There's always a threat coming at you. <laughs> like and that's one thing I've always liked about X Men. The joke is like sometimes the X Men play baseball and that's the issue. Like that's the joke, you know? Like like there's a whole issue where they have Thanksgiving dinner and play basket or no, they play football. It's great. <laughs> that's the whole issue. And it's it. one of the best issues. Like so this one is literally the after effects of what happened with the Shadow King and just kind of explaining where we're gonna go from here. Um one thing we... I, I mean, a lot of stuff gets tied up. We're going to find out more about Wolfsbane's kid. I think that's going to be the next major arc. Yeah. Trying to figure out what's going on there. Cosmar finally gets her chance to look normal again, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, because Mask, uh, Dr. Mask, as they refer to him. Yeah. which I still love that Mask is like a good guy now because he's always been such a prick. Um, Also... We finally get to see James and John Proud start. Dude, what a heavy moment.
1: And when I tell you, I cried. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking about you the whole
0: time. I was just like, this
1: motherfucker is. Like, right now, this moment. Like, oh my god. And the fact that
0: James is bigger than John. Yeah! <laughs> that just broke me when I saw that. I was like, oh, he's missed out on so much. Like I was like, oh, it's so good. And then it just, you know, th- that reunion was great. Um, also, the little teases, and we get a tease at the end, of Eliana. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting. And, of course, in addition to that, we get to see Scout with her siblings again. Oh. Cute moment! <laughs> Vita is so good at this. Yeah. Like, taking these little moments and making it just really, really worth it and impact. But one of the best things... Martha Johansson finally gets a body.
1: Yeah! And because Krakoa can, and just like, yeah, just like, make a little modification, because I still want to have me as part of fucking me. Give
0: me a translucent fucking dome! (laughs) (laughs) I I love that, the storm speech. Yeah. That we failed her. Like, we had the chance to save her, and we didn't. And so she did. So now Martha's back and her name is now Sarah Bella. Perfect. <laughs> Great name. So we also get a very quick look at what Cosmar looks like now. Mm-hmm. And I like that she still looks different. Yeah. She didn't try to change her look. She just looks relatively humanoid now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's still got the coloring. She's still got the marking. That's really cool. Um, and we get to see her reunite with Martha and celebrate. It's like, oh, <laughs> and this group, that's all they really wanted, you know, is to kind of be normal. You know what I mean? Right. And we've been going through that for issues and issues and issues. So it was really cool to see that come to an end as well. Um, but yeah, it is really great. And then our tease for the future is, again, Madeline and Eliana. And we do get it to be continued. So I don't think new mutants is getting renumbered. No, I, I, I hope not.
1: That'd be really cool. Also, the the other teas on like uh, Farouk's journey, like yeah, we we just kind of ca- capped him off on like he's gonna be kind of out for a while. But I really like the part where he reco- his requests that once yeah, he's to help with Legion. Yeah, that'll be really fucking interesting.
0: Yeah, I think I think he'll be there. Uh, I'm very excited for that. So oh, so good.
1: Also, Karma, like confirmation with like with her with her relationship that was uh, with the the oh, wing the, girl. the wing girl, yeah. Yeah. Really good book. Again, a lot happened in this book, but really, really good stuff. And, and none of it felt rushed. Like the rain stuff was dealt properly with, like, the sun, Cosmar stuff with, like, yeah, we obviously didn't, like, the way they just, like, really went above and beyond, going, like, yeah, we didn't listen to yeah, you. I'm sorry with what you were trying to say. But yes, like, we can, we, the, the 100% yes, the, the 100% were so sorry for, like, not completely listening to what you really wanted. And it's all about what, yeah you're your own person so that was really fucking good and then yeah the proud star is like the fucking a like to just come back and be like i'm proud of you james you've done enough let me let me shoulder your burden for a while be rest it's like
2: fuck there's just so much
0: <laughs> yeah and he's always it's it's so much more complicated than it seems like from the outside too because he's he's not just He's not just missed his brother, he's tried to be his brother. Oh, yeah. His entire life. Like, this goes back to the 70s. Like, that's God, gee, insane. Mean, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and, and finally, I love it. It's so good. Anyways, yeah.
1: I, I like the editor's note for this one. It's like, what, you missed this? Bro, you fucked up. Go read Trial Magneto <laughs>
0: number five. <laughs> that takes us to X Deaths of Wolverine number two. Nice. Written by Ben Percy, drawn by Federico Vicentini, colored by Deja Lima, and lettered by Corey Petit. And so we get a lot more of the cat and mouse game between Moira and Mystique. And Moira, Moira's got some moves. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. So long story short, she gets cornered by Mystique. And when Mystique breaks into the, the hotel room, she's removed her techno-organic arm. Dude absolutely brutally and leaves a bomb that blows up and kills Mystique uh when it goes <laughs> off, which is pretty great. Like how pissed was Mystique knowing
1: that she let herself get the drop on her. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's gonna lead to some questions when she's resurrected.
1: <laughs> I like uh, Destiny 2 like, yep, I told her. I fucking told her.
0: <laughs> I Told that
1: bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and then throughout the entire thing we see This techno-organic Wolverine wandering around. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of references, not just to techno-organics, but to the Phalanx specifically. Yeah. So if we get a Phalanx crossover, I would like that very much (laughs) so. Because the last one gave us Generation X, and that was really good. And I liked that book. So, But yeah, it's just her basically running from it and what's going on there. I'm really enjoying this book. I I love that we're actually getting a Moira Moira follow-up, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So... Also, I should mention I got this Peach Momoko cover. Oh, I didn't even see that one. That was really good. <laughs> yeah, it's like so good.
1: I like that that is, I, I like that this uh what his name is so Omega Wolverine isn't um that he's not just like a some secret, like there's like the, like the the sage logs, like Krakoa knows that there's like this weird Wolverine popping in and out. Yeah. Like it's like it's just like it's a cool known thing. But yeah, the whole Moira thing, yeah, that bathroom scene, hard as fuck dude so oh my god um what other part was it like yeah it was like a the more was just like on her shit in this one it was really cool um fuck her other part i wanted to talk to her talk about her about uh but yeah really really good stuff. oh that her discovery that she might have this uh bio cancer yeah in her body yeah
0: that's interesting yeah it's like someone put it in her yeah
1: so and it's like, and like the her thought process is like fuck they knew but they didn't tell me it's like i mean honestly at this point xavier and and, and uh and Magneto are kind of have been assholes so It's like fuck, i believe that they fucking knew about it too
0: yeah i uh, i'm curious mm-hmm. we'll see so all right that brings us to our final book secret x-men number one <laughs> um or, as we like to call it, the silver medals. Uh, so, <laughs> written by Teeny Howard, drawn by Francesco Mobley, uh, colored by Jesus Bertov and lettered by Clayton Cowles. And no, they're actually, I, I actually love all these people very much. So, so I'm not being mean. Um, I mean, everybody gets a chance to shine here. For those who don't know, this is a team made up of all the people who didn't win their first X Men vote. Um, and they basically get recruited to help the Shiar. And it was really cool that they gave a reason for these specific people to be chosen. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, we happened to pick these people. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and, I mean, there's a lot of great character moments. Uh, but, I mean, it's it, this was Sunspot's book, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, Berto is the very best of all the characters ever. I love him. I like that he this all happened because he lied to a hot Shi'ar chick about being <laughs> the leader of the X-Men so he could bang her. Right. It, <laughs> he, he, <laughs> He's my spirit animal. I love him. And then when Deathbird shows up, his first instinct is, is going to be a threesome. <laughs> I love him so much. Like, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, it, it was just fun. Uh, I do really, really, really like the new adventures. I mean, the new uh, uniforms, I mean. Oh, it's so good. Like, that's a really cool look. I like that. And I love the, the this shot of all of them in them. Mm-hmm. I love the staging of it. Yeah. Like, the way they're placed. The The... Like the positions they're in, that's like cinematic staging. I really enjoy.
1: It really is. I mean, I it, honestly, I think it's what uh, Strong Guy is what makes it for me. Like his, like yes. put on the boots, what makes it for me.
0: It's Strong Guy to tempo that that line. Yeah, like his foot coming out and like coming right to her. Mm-hmm. There's like a really natural break there that I really like. Like I, I just love it. So we also get to see Marrow do a bit more. We get to see the space <laughs> spacesuit, which is great. Marrow, it's like the most X Men move. Like she should have been on there. <laughs> uh banshee in space <sighs> making this dope. force field yeah <laughs> <laughs> um what, was it, in space nobody can hear you scream except for yeah. fucking banshee <laughs> yeah um but yeah it was really cool uh and <laughs> in traditional like goofy x-men fashion that i absolutely love when they do stuff like this now uh and they did this actually with early new mutants if you remember correctly with berto um. They're like, shit. We need to interact with this door. We need a psychic. (laughs) That's right. We forgot a psychic. And then there's an info page that is literally (laughs) a puzzle, and we are the psychic. (laughs) Like, it's just like, yeah, you are the psychic. Determine the secret password for them, and it's like, wow, that works. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) I just
1: wait. I got all. I got all of the words. I couldn't decipher the password.
0: Um. What were the letters?
1: Um, uh, L S A I E, and then Shandalar L. But then you have to like recipher those letters too, because the words okay. were is Gladiator, Shiar, Zandra, Deathbird, Oracle, and Shandalar. But then I couldn't I couldn't make the the circled letters because then you have to like recipher that one.
0: Isn't it Shiar?
1: No, I mean no, because that's one of the words. That's, like, the second one you have to, like, uh,
0: solve. But, oh, wait, like the L, L, sorry. L, S, A. And then Deathbird was the I. L-S-A-I. <laughs> Oracle. And then, what was the last one?
1: For, yeah.
0: Which would be the L, yeah. So there's two L's, and S. A. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I (laughs) I honestly honestly didn't even think about it. So, yeah. Um, Okay, so anyways. But yeah, so so they do that. And basically you find out that this is all Xandra's idea. And these are like the X-Men, her friends, she calls them. Mm -hmm. And they got recruited because they all got drunk together after they didn't win. (laughs) And I thought that was pretty great. We also get a real emphasis on something. I don't remember if I ever confirmed myself that Zandra is also a psychic. She also has telepathic powers, like her father. (laughs) So that was really cool. Um, But basically, the X-Men are like, yeah, cool, this is going to be great. And then they wipe their brains because they can't know, they can't remember those. It's a bunch of Shi'ar secrets and they leave. And as Zandra (laughs) says, my X-Men must be my secret. Uh, I liked this. This was fun. And it was a great (laughs) showcase for a bunch of characters that really deserve one. They really do, but now they don't
1: remember them being such a dope team. I, know. <laughs> well, I guess like they had an adventure, but they don't remember like the cause of it to like be like, yeah, no, like we did something like righteous, and we should be like still stick by and not just have like a weekend together.
0: Yeah, definitely. So
1: the uh, there's a there's a joke that made me crack the fuck up is like when when they finally got the, the when they first get the band together, and it's because again like Beto and and fucking Cannonball just have like and Sam just have like the best back and forth. When they when they see like the group together and it's like, I really don't have time to waste and you trust me, right, Sam? You're always telling me, Beto, I trust you. Yeah, because you're always saying, you trust me, right, Sam? Tell me you trust me. And you say
2: yes! <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're the best, dude. They're the
2: best. <laughs> so,
0: also, I did see someone's post on Twitter asking, does this confirm that Berto is Bisexual. And I was like, how, how could he not be bisexual? <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, again, if you're into aliens, how can you just not be part of both sides on
0: Earth? Like, come on. <laughs> so, yes, in my opinion, this definitely confirms that he will fuck with dudes. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's the issues that we had this week. Josue, what else have you been reading that you want to talk about? Anything like x-related yes that we're gonna have
1: a conversation about yes oh my god i read the first part of the ecstatics books which still not ecstatics um i read uh, x-force 116 through 129 and in the middle there was a brotherhood number nine so that was actually kind of a throwback for me to read as well oh my god dude i can just this first part along this first this x-force part is seriously in my top three of x-men runs like it was just so fucking good <laughs> and it was, i oh my god like how it just like it just yeah it's just so unforgiving or to anybody anybody can just go like you said but i just wasn't expecting especially some of the monsters like there's one that really upset me cuz i guess i need to finish it but i doubt he'll come back but bloke <laughs> bloke is to be resurrected to fucking yesterday that dude was about to live out his best gay life thinking that he made it part of the fucking team and he dies first mission he needs to be on the krakow and q
0: yesterday
1: because that's not fair
0: i love it because you were telling me you're gonna read it and i'm like oh so he's gonna love this shit <laughs> like it's not for everybody at all mm-hmm but yeah. like, it's definitely a hostway book. Like I could see you loving it. <laughs> the drama of
1: it all—it was just—it's it's so good. Like honestly, I did not think like, getting like seeing like the flat book and like not knowing who I was gonna get myself into—I didn't think I was gonna fucking love the orphan as much as I do, dude. And, and I still don't even know how and why I like the guy. He's just such a cool character. Oh, and yeah, being overly. Oversensitive for everything, and again, it's such a hindrance because yeah, you can't even be around regular light because it just burns them. But yeah, the way, it, but it's all it's, it's basically he's basically, but the way they use him, he's basically daredevil, but with but with pain. Like he yeah. like the way he can like mani- like hear or like sense people's heartbeat is like oh you're lying. It's daredevil, but with inflicting pain, which really fucking sucks. But I did not think I was going to be so attached to that character. And, uh, oh, my God, I just – I love it so fucking much. I love
0: this book so much. I knew you would. Um, there's some great characters in that. Um, Anarchist is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vivisector. Yeah.
1: Great. yeah. Okay, Vivisector just discovering themselves like throughout, throughout this first part was just, like, so good. <laughs> and Fat just, like – again, like, we'll talk about Fat later, but – Oh my God, Vivisector just being like, "I hey, know we're gonna try it out, we're gonna pretend," and it's like, oh these fucking assholes." But then it's like, "Yo, he's like, he is gay." Like, oh my God.
0: <laughs> and um, I love, I love you, go girl.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did get to that part, which is what kind of like goes back to like the beginning, where it's like this book did like the introduction shouldn't have had that introduction it should have been an afterward if you're going to yeah. say like hey do you regret killing off you go girl it's just like well maybe not for the intro you know uh but yeah right. she, she so, was
0: amazing so have we met her replacement I, I don't know exactly where you left off
1: um there was uh but the, the girl with the with the arms but what the
0: fuck's venus. her name huh? venus Milo. yes venus Milo. yeah i love venus to hmm i love dead girl yeah those are my three favorites and it's all the girls <laughs> so, uh, i also love mr sensitive slash orphan i like him a lot um but yeah great book um i also love that dupe is the most powerful one of on the team and he's just the cameraman oh my
1: god the, the the dupe issue where he pops a zit and it creates a vacuum and everybody gets sucked in there's literally no words and then it's Dupe like rescuing everybody from his own inner t- it, it was fucking weird <laughs> i love this book that's so good. And just so ahead of it, like artwork. So, ahead. like Michael Allred is just on top of his fucking game here. And this was the <laughs> early 2000s. It's like for everything that we appreciate in indie comics now, the dude was rocking it back then.
0: Yeah. Anything else? Any other books? um I'm No, I mean, that's what you've been reading. Yeah, right? it's just a deep dive in that big book. <laughs> nice. Uh, I finished the Hitchhiker's Guide book, cool. um, which was really good. Um, just just a great background in Douglas Adams in his life and just how he was ahead of his, his time in a lot of ways, which yeah. is really cool. Um, I also, uh, I have been reading ecstatics along with you oh, nice uh, because I wanted to remember exactly who did what and when and everything. So that was fun. Um, so yeah, I didn't want to jump too much into that cause it's, it's, you know, basically what we've been reading. The main thing I've been reading that I want to talk about is manga. Um, I hinted at this, and I think I'm ready to actually talk about it. Maguchan, God of Destruction, has ended. Oof, dude. And so I'm going to talk spoilers real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Because, Jesus. So you know the the chan form. A God of Destruction or some kind of creature shows up. They have a conflict. They end up becoming friends. Mm-hmm. That God or whatever becomes the pet of one of her friends, basically. Yeah. So they all have a God of destruction or God of something now, including Nepotaku, who's the best, right? Yeah. Uh, so the last issue, it talks about, and time went on and it shows and things changed, And we had to say goodbye to people. And Nepotaku is like crying and saying goodbye to the family. Cause he decided to open his own restaurant. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, that's sweet. And then it said, in time, the young girl grew up and had a family. That family, too, grew up. And once again, she was alone. The God of Destruction continued to watch over her. He never stopped. And then there's this fucking panel. Uh, it's a bed. And she says, he says, can you hear me, my disciple? She says, yes. He says, the sunset was glorious this evening. The stars in the sky shined exceptionally. She said, magu thank you for destroying my loneliness. And he goes, fucking hell. Uh, Please don't wait. No, she said, you made my dream come true. And he goes, wait, please don't go yet. And then it cuts to the shore where she found him. uh, And then it's like, basically she peacefully fell asleep and breathed her last breath while her family grieved her passing. The God of Destruction disappeared without a word. And you're like, What? (laughs) Like like what the fuck? Like how dare you do this to me? It's it's so emotional. And then uh it cuts to I'm gonna pull I'm pulling up the actual app now. This is the first shot of we get of him. Oh Oh. (laughs) like yeah, right? And then so all the all the people all the other gods are like, listen, she was the only thing tethering you to reality to keep you from destroying everything we need to lock you away now and uh the the knight dude the young knight dude he's He's the leader now and he's older and he's like if you resist i'll no choice but to fight you he goes it's been a while holy knight a fight will not be necessary i've grown a little weary i think i'll rest for a while oh and so uh one of the gods they met later on is like the god of dreams Mm mm-hmm And they they said, basically, you'll have good dreams. So they put him back in his little D20 container (laughs) and drop him in the ocean. And he dreams of her. Oh. (laughs) I know, it's fucking brutal, dude. And then he's just like, like and then one time she's like, good morning, Mago-chan. Let's go out for a walk. And then his container washes up on the shore. It, It opens, and this little girl finds him. and it's like do you want to be my friend and he goes you wish something of me very well then grant me offerings (laughs) foolish little human it's like oh my god i fucking died i'm still tearing up about it every time i think about it (laughs) like just when she dies and he's and he goes and cries i was like fuck (laughs) so so good um the other stuff I've been reading that I want to briefly touch on is I'm finally digging into the stack of our Kickstarter books that we've received. Yeah. And so I have a plan. I've shared it with you briefly, but I'm figured i will bringing it up on the show now. I want to do a special episode of our show, just like we usually do, reviewing books, but it's just going to be the books we kickstarted. Yeah. And we have digital copies of, of a lot of them that I'll provide to Josue so he can review them with me. Liz is going to read my physical copies as well um and so that will do that i've been reading a couple and they're really really good i'm really Last enjoying one. what i've read so uh so yeah i think it'd be a fun way to talk about some indie comics that aren't even with publishers you know give some people some spotlight that they really deserve for sure uh, so yeah but that is it anything else you want to bring up before we move on Uh
1: no that was it just super excited to just again tackle the next part of the ecstatics like actually read the ecstatics portion
0: yeah yeah it's it's good um I think the early part's the best part for most people, but I, I like it all. Yeah. But again, dead girl. I love dead girl. So, all right. So those are the issues that we had this week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. Uh, so you can find me at WHI podcast Keith, our producer Liz at WHI podcast Liz, and Hosway at Hosway Reads Hosway. On Twitter, you can find this show at WHIPodcast. We just recently passed 400 followers. Yes! Right before my birthday ended, which I was very happy awesome. about. Awesome. And then we quickly got about 20 more. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so that was really cool. I'm very thankful for that. And thanks to the guys from Vault and everybody else that retweeted that for me. It made me feel very happy. So, um, But yeah, uh, so check us out there at WHR Podcast. Now you can check out other, our other show, Jukebox Vertigo, at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. This is our show where we build a playlist every week using a randomized category. Our most recent episode is up. And it's Songs We Like by Artists We Hate. And we're joined by my good friend, Amanda. Um, I had a really a lot of fun. And I, I, I always listened to every jukebox word to go after we put it out, even though I was there. And that one, I think it's my favorite one to listen to. It was a lot of fun. Like, I, I, lot I, of I really enjoyed
1: that on. last episode a lot, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, a lot of stories and stuff. So that was cool. Our next episode is going to be with comic creator Matthew Ehrman. Woo! Hopefully, as long as it's available. <laughs> and it will be trios, which I'm very excited about. So. Uh, With that in mind, don't forget to bag, board, and box your new treasures, and we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and read more comics.